that Jimmy put together for what turned out to be the biggest heist in American history, the Lufthansa heist. Tommy and Carbone, we're going to grab the outside guard and make him get us in the front door. Frenchie and Joe Buda had to round up the workers. Johnny Rose Beef had to keep them all tied up and away from the alarms. Even Stax Edwards got in on it. He used to hang around the lounge and play guitar. Everybody loves Stax. What he was supposed to do was steal the panel truck and afterwards compact it by a friend of ours out in Jersey. Only Maury was driving us nuts. You know, have a drink of Just because he set this up, he felt he could bust Jimmy's balls for an advance on the money we were going to steal. He didn't mean anything by it. That's just, that's just the way he was. everyone welcome back uh, this is uh, one of your hosts neo and joining me always is chris and Solbrook. guys say hello what's up Yo. uh yeah this is episode 155 of gundam at mahq and uh, this is actually kind of a landmark episode this is not really landmark but we like to say that we like to hype up our own stuff uh this is actually going to be the last uh live show that we record for 2014 as we're going to go on a holiday break like we've done gosh probably every year past seven years so mm. um you know, so this will be the last one till uh, the beginning of January. So there, there will be some other uh, episodes that do come out. Um, I know there's going to be some of the what is it the the best of type of stuff for 2014. Mm-hmm. So, bro, absolutely, that's being worked on as we speak by our our, our fourth man, our fifth, our, sorry, our fifth man, Dollar Berlance, the fifth Beetle, <laughs> the fifth Beetle, man, Pete Best. <laughs> so uh, yeah, to close it out, this is. Uh, Going to be, we're going to be covering our continuing reviews of episodes five through eight of Gundam Reconquista in G, and uh, it's going to be our only uh, segment this episode. So, guys, anything before we uh, do some news as I walk over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio? Hail to the king, man. Hail to the king, yes. <laughs> you know, he's still going strong, too. Oh, yeah, man. I, if anything, I, I think he'll get his show back on uh, on CNN before, before, uh, before he's... Uh, before Piers Morgan has a job? <laughs> <laughs> what happens first? Piers Morgan's back to work or Larry King's back on CNN? So. All my money's on King. I, I, I'm with you. Chris, any, anything, any MHQ stuff before we get to some news? No, MHQ is horrible. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Well, and there you go. It, nobody should go to it even just for the Lineart and Mecha profiles. A, ring, a ringing <laughs> endorsement. 
and no one should take that line art and, and link it to other like Wikipedia's or other fan sites, right? <laughs> no, it's all it's all fruit from the poison tree. <laughs> uh, well, you it's heard all, it there. It's all garbage. <laughs> no one should go to it ever. So many quotables. <laughs> you heard it first from the the cynical, beaten down editor in chief of FFHQ.net. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is slowly becoming Dennis. <laughs> so, well, I'm in the uh, Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. With some uh, Neo's Listener Submitted News. And like always, you can always put your articles in the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mechatalk Forum. And uh, our first one here comes. Uh, we've got some. Wow, this is some interesting stuff coming from our most evil of all the Australians, Vent Noir. It seems like he's always the first one doing these news items. And he's got a link here saying, and this is kind of funny. Because <laughs> I, I actually thought another Japanese ministry was in charge of Gundam. But uh, <laughs> he's got a link here from the Anime News Network that says the a Japan's Ministry of Finance staffer was arrested for uploading Gundam UC. <laughs> oh, wow. A 40-year-old staff member of the Ministry of Finance uh, was uh, arrested on suspicion of violating Japan's copyright law and un- unauthorized public transmission. <laughs> and he was uploading Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I guess, I guess, in the police's defense, it also says here he's he's uploaded about another four hundred titles. So oh. I guess he's uh, what you would call a serial uploader. I guess he didn't get the memo that Japan was cracking down on that stuff, man. Well, I guess he didn't. The memo wasn't uh, the ministry. What is the Ministry of Agriculture? Yeah, everybody knows that they're gun- the ones. <laughs> they're the. <laughs> that was confirmed like what about a year or so ago? <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago, everybody knows that. <laughs> the Ministry of Agriculture. <laughs> hey, he needs he needs to you know. <laughs> Get his shit together. He needs to switch <laughs> ministries. <laughs> then he accepted then it'll be it okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, agriculture, uh, space colonies. I mean, come well, on. It just doesn't. It doesn't it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, it's all there. It's all there. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Wielder, and also coming from the Anime News Network. There's uh, like this is any surprise. The Japanese Ministry of Defense. So it's like, I feel like we're just doing um, uh, their nightly news. <laughs> but I guess the Ministry of Defense is developing a high-powered, a high-mobile powered suit to, offend, uh, to assist soldiers' movements. So um, they actually got a picture here. And, of course, it look, it's, weighs about 40 pounds and, you know, it helps with uh, exercise and movement and kind of enhances your strength and things like this. And they're looking – it could be part of their military's equipment by 2018. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of interesting. They're, they're looking – it's probably around about $7.8 million. So that's actually probably lowest bidder on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – so thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. Oh, the next one here. Oh, you know, uh, Vent Noir comes back with some actually some anime news. And uh, hey, Fafner X's Blu-rays and DVDs are going to be listed with uh, 13 episodes. And they're going to be shipping around oh February 4th of next year and July 8th of next year. So it's going to be six volumes. And they're going to sh- uh, ship monthly between that time period. So have you guys uh, seen... Exodus? I haven't seen it. I haven't had time to watch anything like that. Chris, no, have you? Same here. Yeah, I just haven't. It looks looks interesting, and the and the first Fafner was pretty good stuff. So, um, 
It's also going to have, uh, of course, soundtrack CDs and things like that. So definitely check that out, guys, when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one here comes... Oh, this is actually sad Get dead guy news. Because we're not having enough of that lately. I didn't know who this guy was, but then when I, I saw his name, because I'd seen this a couple days ago, yeah. I remember him like at the end of all those old shows. And I guess the guy that did, like... He was the producer for like the original Battlestar Galactica and Knight Rider had died. Yeah, Glenn Larson. Glenn Larson? Yeah. yeah, yeah um, I never knew who this guy was, but you always saw his name like at the end of all these shows. I guess he did Matt. This is here. He did Magnum too. Six million dollar man. Wow. He did. Yeah, he, he was pretty prolific in the 80s, man. Um, hey. at, at, if anything, that's it's. I feel bad. I, I feel terrible, man. It's like when uh, Stephen J. Cannell died, man. That guy uh, created a lot of great '80s uh, action television too, and uh, it sucks that uh, he's gone, man. He, he lived, he lived a rich life, though, man. Read a bunch, a lot of TV shows, man. He did the Fall Guy, man. Come on. Well, I mean, he gave us the Hoff and mm-hmm. Knight Rider, mm-hmm. and of course, he gave us Magnum's mustache. He did. I and mean, nobody hassles the Hoff. Nobody, nobody hassles the Hoff except for that hamburger, right? <laughs> that cheeseburger he was gobbling when he was drunk a couple years ago. The oh, Hoff. Man. That's the only thing that can mess with him. That's the only thing that. That's the only thing that goes on him. Yep. Oh man. Dude. So thank you, uh, Mr. Flamex, for that news. And actually, what a segue. We're talking about burgers and uh, poster here. MC. T Dread is got a link here at the uh, the Gundam. Ca- oh, actually, it's at the Japanese Burger Kings. They have Gundam themed Japanese burgers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, you can. Oh. Act- oh, actually, these are at the Gundam Cafe. I'm sorry. Um, they actually have one called the Slegger Burger, <laughs> Gundam Burger, the Shar Zaku and Zaku Two Burgers. So, but is there uh, a Bernie Burger? No, and that's what oh. MC Dread Two said. He said, "Yeah, waiting for the Bernie Burger." Dude, Rich- that's, that's money. That's money wasted. They should have just if they named it the Bernie Burger, there'd be lines around the building. <laughs> well, you, okay, so you got this one. It's got the Zaku head. It looks like it's got like some type of like chili sauce on top yeah. of it. Yeah, and it, then you got another one. It's got avocado. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's the regular sake too. Oh, that must be the. Is that the Slegger Burger? The one with like that powdered crap on it? Yeah, it's got his. Uh, it doesn't, yeah, it's, isn't that's that his, his logo? Uh, that's his yes. logo on there. Yeah, look at that. Yo, Slegger with the powder. What what is that powder? Powdered sugar? Oh Might my. Be. Oh my God. No, no, this is it's cheese. Or cheese. It's yeah, a different something. kind of cheese. Yeah. The Zaku one should be the Bernie Burgers, man, for real. Because then he probably and the, and the good old RX seventy eight is of course the um, good old cheeseburger. <laughs> Definitely a good old cheeseburger. So yeah, check that out if you ever have a chance to be at the uh, Gundam Cafe here shortly. So they almost look too too nice to eat though. That was some pretty burgers, man. But you know they're not going to look that good. Oh, it's just like when you get those things at McDonald's on TV and stuff. They never really look they, that good. That's true. So uh, thank you, Mister NCT Dread, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and uh, yeah, more more dead person news. Another one of these Japanese <laughs> voice actors died. Um, what is his name? Uh, it's like Ro- Ro- oh, Rokio Nanya. Yeah, I couldn't even find his name for some reason. Mm-hmm. I guess he's uh, most famous for uh, Crayon Shin-Chan, and he did a lot of Eureka 7AO yeah. voice work, too. So what else is he in here? Saint Seiya? Oh. Yeah, it looks like he was in... Uh, Pretty prolific. Yeah, 
looking giant up. robo oh he was koshin and giant giant robo man. Oh, that's pretty dope uh ah, when are we gonna do that show oh man one of these giant robo one of these years oh yeah he uh the one of the roles that uh i'll always enjoy him in is um even though it's not a mecha show it's yu yu haka show he played uh sensui shinobu sensui mm-hmm. uh one the the villain of the third uh the third series arc that series uh is my favorite one it's called chapter black and he, he was a really uh intimidating villain man i've watched that series in english and japanese and i enjoyed it in both and um he, he had a he had a smooth voice man i'm sorry to see him go oh well uh that's definitely some sad news there and it seems like man uh, i guess what's bad and and you know for these families is good for up-and-coming voice actors in japan oh, a lot of a lot of work opening up <laughs> well I'd, I'd, I'd rather be under other circumstances but uh if huh. if, if anything i i thought uh, he, he he lived he, as they say on uh, hey, hollywood look- babylon he had a, a bucket full of wind man a bucket there you full go. of wind. there you go so thank you, Mr. Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. Oh, the next one here uh, comes from Burtman4. And man, what is the theme now? It's just uh, food. He's got more food. There's a, there's a, at the, uh, there's a Gundam Zaku cake that comes with a special plate and beam saver. I guess you can get this off the Gundam Cafe Online, a division of the official Bandai Online shop, Premium Bandai. And they're releasing a cake-shaped like head of the MS06 MS Zaku too. This is no Zaku boy. <laughs> and uh he's got like a special plate that's like a comic panel. And how funny. It's the it's the the cake is the Zaku, but yet the comic panel is uh what is that? Jeans getting uh <laughs> Is that Gene or Deming? Denim getting sliced in half at the beginning. That's actually both of them. Wow. There you go. That's, so that's amazing. And, and you have a skewer reproduction of the bean saber wielded by Armro. Okay, so now I get it. You cut the you cut the Zaku cake with the beam saber from the Gundam. Sweet, how so. thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is definitely some great stuff there. Definitely some good stuff. So uh thank you, uh Mr. Burtman for for your submission. Oh, so bro, you need to hit it because you know what time it is. Oh no. Robophobic. It's actually, yes, it's Robo Apocalypse News. And the first one here is coming from Poster Vent Noir. And this is this is where they're gonna be getting us. There's a cleaning robot that actually mimics <laughs> a cute little sister. Oh yes. A Moe cleaning robot? Yes. Oh. It is a Roomba with a Moe character on top of it. Oh Japan is doomed. <laughs> yes. This is how we're gonna die. This oh. is how the things are going to ha- happen. Yes, we're going to be killed. First waifu with pillows, cuteness. first waifu pillows, and now <laughs> cleaning robots. Waifu pillows, now cleaning robots with little sisters on the top there. Yes, oh. yes, and it also speaks and sings. So it's going to give you horrible J-pop as you die. <laughs> and, and you can actually have conversations with that and say, "Hey, you're good at cleaning," mm-hmm. and it'll say, "It's not like I clean to get praise from you or anything." Tell me about fish, you say. And they'll say, file fish goes with liver soy sauce as sashimi. Oh. What should I eat? Hmm. Oromusi is good. It's like, this is nuts. Uh, what, this- what, what should I eat? How about this hot laser of death? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had a mag light go through your central processing unit? No, I haven't. Well, let me show you. <laughs> let me feed this to you. <laughs> it's called Korokokoban Chan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, this is just dangerous dangerous stuff thank you vent noir for your submission and the last one here is going to be some more robo apocalypse news and this kind of hits home 
because uh, he's talking about how DARPA, well, Division of DOD, uh, wants to build flying aircraft carriers. <laughs> oh, wow. The helicarrier? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but they want to do this with uh, as, a, as a drone. So be launching drones and stuff from uh, is elevated. Is codenamed Project Insight? Oh, <laughs> And who is, is, is the new SecDef, Robert Redford? <laughs> should, should I start practicing my Hail Hydra? <laughs> start taking down your stuff off the internet now. Yeah, pretty much, right. The Hydra's looking. I, I, I think we're, we're pretty, pretty much does, screwed on does, that does one. Does Hydra like Gundam? Are they okay with it? <laughs> It might be. We can only hope. But, they're probably uh, Xeon fanboys. Oh, shit. probably. Yeah, they're, they're probably, probably the worst Xeon fanboys that are on Mechatalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for your submission. And following up with this is going to be some Human Resistance League news. up a Cylon into the CIC. And this is what I like to hear. And this comes from Firehawk. And of course, with these flying aircraft carriers that are launching drones while they're raining death on us as we're beating off little sister Roombas <laughs> that are asking us Be- what type off. of soy. No, not beating them off. Beating them, oh, beating them off our legs. Yes. <laughs> as we're fighting the last battle of humanity against the robos while we're being attacked not only by that but cats on roombas and shark costumes it's going to be a whole mess this is the this is game this is the end game from from my scenario here all right but firehawk gives us some human resistance league news that is the best thing that i've heard the u.s navy you've probably heard of them and They have a ship in the Persian Gulf, which I'm sure you probably know where that's at, too, that has a laser. Yes. And they're using this laser to do what? Shoot down drones. Yes. Yeah. So that guy that we talked about a couple weeks ago that was shooting them down with his shotgun in his backyard, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't like drones so much, he should just join the U.S. Navy, and maybe he'll get stationed on this uh, Unless he gets a felony conviction from having shot down that drone. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. Mm. But uh, yes, on the on the USS Ponce, uh, they have a, a, a operational laser that's actually that they've been testing out for quite a while. So uh, yeah, this is this is some pretty cool stuff. And they've been shooting down unmanned aerial vehicles, which are the worst type. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see because I think the la- I think the U.S. Navy knows that eventually the robots will turn against us. So thank you, Mister Firehawk, for your submission. And unfortunately. Very sad news. We don't have any survey news alerts. This is uh, this yeah. is some sad stuff. But it is holiday time, so I'm sure Serbe is sitting at his mansion with all the Victoria's Secret models and planning out his next highly explosive, highly addictive, multi-billion-dollar franchise. So he's, he's uh, taking it easy, man. He's earned. Yes. He's, he's earned his rest. Yes. <laughs> He's earned his last. He's he's made a billion dollars for uh, for a big corporation this year. There you year. go. He's got to he's got to move on. Capitalism. So, uh, 
So thank you everyone for that. And I guess uh, this may be the last news of the of the year, unless we get a whole flood of news like we did last year. And I have to do that little special again mm-hmm. to kind of clear it out. So, but at this point, we'll just figure this is the the year end. But as I say this now, the the inbox at Mecca Talk is probably full, filling up. So, and of course, if you ever have any news, you can always submit those in the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecca Talk forum. And uh, I guess we'll be going over to Chris now for some old timey before we go into our reviews of uh, G Reco uh, episodes five through eight. So, uh, Chris. It's on to you because this is the last old timey of the year. It's like it just came back, but now it's gone again. What is going on here? Is this planned? Just dust in the wind. Oh, we're just dust in the wind. And the first one comes from Cult Classic, who says, Here is a sci-fi cutout to scare Neo. I changed the names to be easy to pronounce. Oh, man. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) Chris threw the switch. There was a mighty hum, the surge of power from 96 billion planets. Lights flashed and quieted along the miles-long panel. Chris stepped back and drew a deep breath. The honor of asking the first question is yours, Sobro. Thank you, said Sobro. <laughs> it shall be a question which no single cybernetics machine has been able to answer. He turned to face the machine. Is there a god? The mighty voice answered without hesitation, without the clicking of a single relay. Yes, now there is a god. <laughs> Sudden fear flashed on the face of Sobro. He leapt to grab the switch. A bolt of lightning from the cloudless sky struck him down and fused the switch shut. <laughs> What movie is that? Is that 2001? <coughs> I have no idea. What it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. But didn't, didn't, that, uh, didn't that robot in 2001, isn't he talking about God too? Robots are always talking about God. They're always talking about Yeah, how? <laughs> they're, all, they're all obsessed with... Yeah, they have a God complex. That's why they gotta go. Mm-hmm. God, I'm, I'm, it sounds familiar, but I have no idea... Um, what this is from, at least at the moment, man. But uh, it's pretty cool submission. It's very scary. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it and is. Next up is Philly Gundam fan who's bringing us one from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. It's just two men sharing the night. It might seem wrong, but it's just right. It's just two men sharing each other. It's just two men like loving brothers. One on top and one on bottom. One inside and one is out. One is screaming he's so happy and the other's screaming a passionate shout. It's the night man. The feeling so wrong and right man. The feeling so wrong and right man. I can't fight you man when you come inside me and pin me down with your strong hands and I become the night. The passionate, passionate Nightman. Oh, oh my God, Charlie Day. <laughs> yep. How do you come up with these? <laughs> and, and Philly, goddamn fan, being for Philadelphia. <laughs> I think that was deliberate. Oh my goodness, man! It, it, it touches you right here. Actually, you don't want it to touch you at all. And next is Yokozuna Budolter, who says. Got a fear of drawing? Unsure of how to make your drawing look like it's Obari as heck? No longer do you have to worry, aspiring artist. Draw It Like Obari is a professional video course consisting of 100 videos that will help you get it on like Gravion. 
Amateur drawings will be a thing of the past, as you will be drawing so well that Araki will be jealous. Make your call now and we will throw in a bonus Blu-ray of gag reels, a pen Obara used to draw the nose of Dan Kuga, and a hacked version of the original Fatal Fury game with Obarified graphics. <laughs> now is the time to get your Obari on, so call 1-800-GRAVION. <laughs> Yo, Kazuda. And next is Zero the Masked Knight, who has a submission from Transmetropolitan, the... Oh. Warren Ellis comic, which if you don't know anything about, check out the review on Chaos Theater. Hell yeah. In fact, sometimes we seem to have to put the future behind us. The gladiator wall is reckoned to be more than 200 years old. Although, as every schoolchild knows, records aren't to be trusted anymore. Archaeological teams have found crevices in the chess units designed to take human pilots, though no one knows who they were or even if things were ever used in anger. They were a defensive measure, back in the days when we still had full-blown wars in America. <laughs> the immense steel penises were popped about 30 years ago, killing over four dozen innocent bystanders caught underneath. Jesus. <laughs> that paints a picture. <laughs> Indeed. It's kind of a wit and not a good way to go. Oh my god, damn. <clears throat> Next up is MCT Dread, who goes full Schwarzenegger with some quotes from <laughs> Running Man. Oh, Are you going to do this all time he's Schwarzenegger? Oh shit. <laughs> you got to do it I, all- can, I don't know if I can manage that. Oh my gosh. Well, That, that might be too much for my uh, break your vocal cords. Killian, here's your Sub-Zero. Now Plane Zero. <laughs> uplink Underground. Uplink Underground. If you say that one more time, I'll uplink your ass and you'll be underground. Why did he never win an Oscar? Oh my god, that movie has some of the best one-liners. I forget what yeah. he said about, uh, I'll take this camera and stick it down your effing spine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't, and, and of course the classic. I don't do requests. <laughs> <laughs> Our next one comes from Vent Noir, and it goes. It is the 16th century. From all over Europe, great ships sail west to conquer the new world, the Americas. The men eager to seek their fortune, to find new adventures in new lands. They long to cross uncharted seas and discover unknown countries. To find secret gold on a mountain trail high in the Andes. Mm. They dream of following the path of the setting sun that leads to El Dorado and the mysterious cities of gold. Man, I watched that show as a kid, man. God dang, it's been a while. They actually re-released it on DVD some time ago. Did they really? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, you said wow. used to, for those who don't know, it used to air on Nickelodeon in uh-huh. the mid '80s, and um, I'm sure it's been off and on to syndication. But I think it was a, f- uh, a European funded production, but it was animated by the Japanese. Well, if it was on Nickelodeon in the '80s or '90s, it's oh, yeah. most likely it wasn't put to America, <laughs> unless it was a game show. No. <laughs> It's funny, Nickelodeon was was a channel you would see a lot of anime on back in the day. Um, just like adaptations of American stories or, or just foreign stories. But it was pretty neat uh, to get exposed to that through through that channel. Next up, there was a submission from Dalo, who writes Ooh. that uh, he understands if we skip this because it's too long, which uh, you read our minds. <laughs> it is too long. He should oh, just sorry. He should whittle Ooh. it down next time. 
So we'll move on to Dayman. Oh, shit. Gives us, I am the hope of the universe. I am the answer to all living things that cry out for peace. I am protector of the innocent. I am the light in the darkness. I am truth. Ally to good. Nightmare to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. What is that? Um, Damn it. Ally to good. Nightmare to you. Damn it. Oh, man. I, I can't remember where that's from. But I sat and watched that show back in the day. Did you guys know what that's from at all? Kind of, kind of familiar, but I can't quite place it. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. It's from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's something that Goku says. Uh Oh, I, I believe that too. Sounds Frieza. familiar. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yo, shout us to Day Man. Pull, pull up that reference. <laughs> All right. The next one comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, This one is for Neo. Let's news. Working to restore power. Tonight on SDF News, a possible debris of the SDF-3 was found in a junkyard next to a pile of compressed old Vertex. While military nerds bickered whether it is real or not, former idol-turned-diva Lin Minmei says it is the SDF-3 as she reveals a haiku etched on the said debris that says, Do you do you remember love? I love you. <laughs> More on this after the six-hour live concert of Flame Busters, led by Ned Bucky. <laughs> retarded <laughs> that's freaking retarded and he has a note i was gonna go full daryl but did not want to have a troy barnes meets lavar burton moment meltdown so yeah i guess that makes me a saint <laughs> well done and the last one the last one of the year will come from once again dayman mm. who's this arch nemesis the the nightman of course yeah we, we need to always re- remind people that because yeah it's like yin and yang, always fighting. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I've been dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? Pepe Silvia. This name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Silvia. Pepe Silvia. I look in the mail, and this whole box is Pepe Silvia. So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go up to his office and put his mail in the guy's damn hands. Otherwise, he's never going to get it, and he's going to keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Silvia. The man does not exist, okay? (laughs) So I decide, oh shit, buddy, I gotta dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Silvia? You gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. All right, so I start marching my way down to Carol in HR, and I knock on her door and say, Carol, Carol, I gotta talk to you about Pepe. And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single damn desk in that office. There is no Carol in HR. Mac, half the employees in this building have been made up. This office is a damn ghost town. <laughs> I think that's from It's Always Sunny as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> that's hilarious. What a terribly made up name. 
you say that, but there's probably, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you go to certain, oh my God, you go Miami, I'm sure if you look at Sylvia's, there's probably a lot of guys named Pepe Sylvia. Oh shit, I, I, well, I'll sit corrected then. <laughs> I forget about, I forget about the, at certain demographics in certain places, but uh, I've got a request to those submitting uh, these, uh, these, these old timey submissions, man. Um, I want someone to submit uh, the, uh, the opening uh, speech from uh, Oliver Queen from Arrow. Um, that should that, I've been waiting for someone to submit that for a while, but that is, uh, it, you know, it, it, if anybody watches the show, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. Actually, if mm-hmm. you're going to be doing requests, mm-hmm. and I should I just put it in Chris's, myself. I know this is Chris's segment, but <laughs> if we're if we're going to request people to put the flood his his inbox with stuff like this, then I'm going to say there needs to be some some stuff from Survey movies. Oh Jesus! Oh, yeah, no surprise. <laughs> Well, if someone's going to do Arrow, bonus if someone throws in the Flash's opening monologue. There you go. That's the talk. That's the maybe, talk. Maybe Bruce Willis giving the patch to Ben Affleck <laughs> to say, give this back to, to uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. All, all the classics, man. Maybe while, uh, while you play that Aerosmith song in the background. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> or or the, or, the, or the ultimate classic of Mark Wahlberg. Of- I think I found a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. <laughs> or I, I wouldn't trust him with a potato gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so that's again for the old-timey segment for this year. Of course, you can submit more in the thread on the Mechatalk subform for Gundam. Mm-hmm. Well, right All right. Anything, uh, guys, before we go into... Our last segment of the year, uh, the next four episodes of Gundam uh, Reconquista NG. Anything? Anything? No, oh, man, I'm excited, man. Excited all right. About all this Tomino goodness. Yeah, I wonder, wonder, wonder if we'll actually see some Kuntalas being served. <laughs> Who knows? Delicious Kuntalas. I put. I always put a little sriracha on top of my Kuntalas. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little gamey. It takes the it takes the bite out of like sriracha makes everything better. Oh, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, since it's that's that's it. We'll be uh, going into our first and only segment of the night. Our reviews of uh, G, uh, Gundam G Reconquista in G <laughs> episodes five through eight. You're listening to Gundam and MHQ. Detective Freeman, when I f*** you over, you'll know it. You'll be so goddamn certain you won't need to ask the question. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is 
not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who will be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was shooting. That was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and our main topic tonight is <clears throat> continued discussion of Gundam Reconquista in G. This time we are going to be doing episodes 5 through 8. So let's start with <clears throat> episode 5 The Enemy is the Capital Army. Oh, that give the, that title giveaway with the, what the, <laughs> what the episode's about? Mm-hmm. Do we even need to review it? No, just kidding. No, because the enemy is the capital army. There you go, man. Spoilers. <laughs> there, there you go. go. So, <clears throat> we continue with Bellry being with the quote-unquote space pirates. Mm-hmm. Pirate And the capital army has dispatched the next squad to try to rescue him and fight the pirates after Dellinson's failure. So, they send Mask, a mysterious <laughs> man... Who wears a mask? Who knew? Okay. <laughs> and I guess he's got four eyes? Gee, I wonder who this mysterious man could be. I have no idea who he is. Lewin? <laughs> yes, it's Lewin. Oh, in case, really? Oh, I was in case right. anyone was that, that in the dark or dense that they could not put two and two together, yes, mask is Lewin. <laughs> oh, my God. Spoiler alert. Because I know there'd be someone who'd be surprised by that. 
So God. for their benefit, I need more evidence. <laughs> yes. So he uh, leads an attack force with uh, this fancy new mobile suit, the transforming Elf Bullock, that shoots all sorts of uh, beams from like every freaking orifice possible. Mm-hmm. And Bellry goes up against him with the G self and manages to uh, hold him off. Mm-hmm. So Mask retreats in the usual Gundam fashion <laughs> in failure. And by the end, we find out that the uh, Megafauna is going to be joining an operation of the Amerian army to be a diversion while the Amerian fleet moves in space. And that Naredo wants to know when Belri and all of them are going to escape from the ship, which he says will be soon because he wants to take the G-Self with him. Mm -hmm. So, Solbro, your thoughts on this episode? I thought the episode was uh, it was it was a bit fun, um, especially with the introduction the introduction of Mask, um, just to see that kind of uh, <laughs> Lewin is his persona has changed so much in the few episodes that we haven't seen him in. Well, he has a mask on. He's got a mask on, so he's just allowed himself to just become um, a different guy <laughs> for the most part. And I guess it makes sense because he's he's hiding his identity to some degree, but everybody knows who he is. Um, as as we'll find out later on in the uh, in the episodes we're going to review, but um, I, I I think this mask is slick. Um, I like his character. I, I'd like to know more of his motivation. We get a little bit of it over the course of these episodes, um, but uh, just to see how he handles his uh, his his elf bullock was was neat to see, especially since it transforms. That's the dopest thing about it. Um, I one of the characters that really caught my eye this episode though was Mick Jack. Um, they introduced her at, uh, in this episode without much information, but uh, just to see her enter the scene, it's like, wow, that, I like her character design. She kind of reminds me of Dorothy from Wing, <laughs> without the eyebrows, though. Thank God for that. Um, but she seems like a gung ho female pilot in the show, and it was cool to see uh, oh, someone stop like that. It. You hey, just man, like her because she's busty. Listen, and... buddy, I'm white knighting. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I think Mick Jack could really do a lot for this show her name reminds me though when i hear her name mick jack i'm reminded of mick jagger from free jack why is that <laughs> or mick jagger of the rolling stones there you, there you go but specifically for free jack but uh the fights in this were pretty creative i love the fact i love i love how they use the water balls this yeah. episode in conjunction of the core fighter and how um Bellary had trouble using the core fighter and getting it into the g self but when he finally did I forget the gentleman's name, the guy who's part of the crew, but he gets stuck on the windshield. Hapa. <laughs> Hapa, thank you. He gets stuck on the windshield and has to go along for the ride as he's, as he's fending off the rest of the enemies. Some and it's, good old uh, short, short time jumping. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it was a fun episode for the most part. A lot of action, and um, he, the Mask and Bellry get the fight uh, for the first time. And also, um, I, more so, it's not so much Bellry that gets to fight him, but it's uh, Klim Nick that gets to get a taste of that, and he ends up getting beheaded. His mobile suit, anyway, the um, Montero. But he manages to survive the day thanks to the help of Bellry, so that was cool to see teamwork going on between the two of them. But uh, I really enjoyed the episode overall. I thought, I thought it was uh, another another romp. Uh, more lighthearted than some of the episodes we're going to talk about later, but 
a good 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 episode overall. Okay, Neil. Did anybody just have flashbacks of G Gundam and Victory when they were doing the whole core fighter things? Like oh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I'm like, uh oh, core fighters in trouble. Got to get inside the mobile suit. Of course, it, it's like I you know I gotta have s- such a hard time because the ship's moving, Megaflana's moving around, and I can't really get my bearings on this new core fighter. And it's like I had no problem piloting the uh, G cell, but this core fighter is just way beyond my technical ability. It's a tricky beast. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole thing with mask, it's like, okay. But I think what's weird is just the whole thing with the, you know, the kind of the four eyes thing on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a weird mask. Like, you know, there's been some really weird masks before in, <laughs> in Gundam and, and all these shows, but man, this one's just, I don't know, I... Even in later on episodes so far, I'm just not really used to it yet. Usually I can get kind of used to them and like, eh, you know, maybe not the best, but it, you know, it serves its purpose. This one, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I, I know it, it does something for him with his, uh, with his fighting ability, right? Mm-hmm. It apparently helps control yeah. stuff, which makes me wonder if, um, it has some sort of like cyber new type craziness effect on him since he's so yeah. aggressive and wild and very different from what we saw of Lewin in the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah, that would definitely make sense. Because that whole, just that mobile suit and his craziness definitely had some shades of cyber new types of old. Yeah, it, d- it definitely does. And, you know, speaking of some of the stuff of the old, it's it's good to see that the 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 uh, Capital Army is just kind of like, um, well, yeah, there's this ban on technology, but well, it, it, it's not really for us. Every, it's for really for everyone else, but not us. We're, the, the useless taboo that everybody violates now. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, I know. It, it's <laughs> loopholes everywhere. <laughs> Not even no. It's not. There's not even loopholes. It's just they're just out now, just blatantly violating it. Nobody. What? We're not violating it. You're violating it. <laughs> I think that's their defense. Mm-hmm. Hard to say that the enemy's violating it, so we have to as well. You know that kind of. Yeah, BS. that good old justification. Oh, well, boy. this guy who's bad is is violating it, so we we need to do it. So, but um, yeah, pretty solid episode. I uh, mask his mobile suit. Little weird. Kind of like a weird like. Gundam Ava hybrid, like if they had sex, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh God! Why'd you, why'd you have to put that image in my head? <laughs> well, the, because that image has been in my head every time I see it. I'm just like, because of the weird shoulders on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh. Okay, welcome but, to World um, 34 on Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, uh, uh, the battles and stuff, pretty good stuff. I mean. And and it's nice to see we're starting. It definitely, you definitely get a lot more of the flesh out of um, the Regild century in this one. You, you, you get this, you know, and, and it's nice because you know, like we stated um, in our previous re- uh, uh, reviews, uh, you know, we we knew that this is kind of Tamino style. He's going to slowly kind of reveal this stuff, and you know, it's it definitely this is the one where it's like. You know, you start getting more into it, and you're like, oh, okay. You, you really want to start coming back, because I found myself wanting to go to episode six a lot more than some of the uh, previous episodes, because of some of the stuff we were seeing in this one. So, mm. But good stuff. I thought there was uh, some good action in this episode, and obviously a good amount of callbacks to past shows with the core fighter shenanigans, yeah. the uh, spinning beam sabers mm. as a shield. Oh, yeah. Nice. That, that's victory, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's victory yeah. stuff. Uh, the 
you can jump for like 40 seconds, obviously being a callback to the original series. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all that fun stuff. And it's interesting seeing the development of things and how both the Amerians and the Tower are blatantly violating the taboo. Yeah. Which just goes to show how useless it is because the whole idea of the taboo is if you stop the development of all of this advanced technology from the universal century, then mankind won't have those crazy wars. It's like, well, we already got to this situation anyway, even with the taboo in place, and everyone's violating it regardless, so what purpose did that end up serving? And, and doesn't it show that the taboo is just like any of these things that you, like, sometimes when you, like, say some people can't do something, it makes them want to do more? Yeah. <laughs> and take the chance of violating it more. Like, do you think that like, any military organization would willingly want to shackle itself and be like, oh, yeah. all this advanced technology from a thousand years ago? We don't want to bother with that stuff. We'll just use yeah. this junky old shit over here. Yeah, we'll use this junky stuff that's on league with the, you know, our enemies. Why would we use something that's vastly superior that we know if we could use uh, a third of what we would normally need and conquer everyone? You know, or hey, they're violating it, but we should keep, you know, yeah. fighting with one arm behind our back and use old junk. Yeah, we should, we, we should, be, we, we should be the turn the other cheek, be, be the bigger, be the bigger, uh, bigger country, right? So let's do ratings on this one, Solbro. I'm have to give this episode about uh, four exploding water balls out of five. Neil, well, gotta give this four uh, Avas having sex with mobile suits <laughs> out of five. I'm going to give this, this one four trapped mechanics out of five. <laughs> there you go. I hope that is that burned four times into your mind there, Chris. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> Next is episode six, Delinson, a fearsome foe. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we find that uh, the megafauna is up in space and on Earth, a bunch of cat tips are being launched to go attack the ship and you know presumably rescue Bellary. And Wilmot isn't happy about this, so she argues a lot with uh, Capital Army Commander Jugan, uh-huh. which really makes you wonder about her level of competence because yeah. she's the operations director and either the Capital Army was formed right under her nose and she didn't realize it, or they were just super masters of stealth to completely build up this army and someone as important as her didn't notice. Damn. <laughs> Maybe they did the old Emperor Palpatine. Maybe they did. You never know. Maybe they did. So Delinson, he rides up the elevator to go get his elf bull, which is the prototype unit that the mass production elf bullocks are based on mm-hmm. and we see kind of interesting some more details as uh you have people living inside the nuts yeah that was interesting <laughs> sort of like mini space colonies which themselves are being militarized mm-hmm. so he takes off to go uh join the catsif team and Bellry gets ready for combat using the new reflector pack mm-hmm. which when unfurled looks uh vaguely gundam x-ish that's yeah, true it does yeah and has the effect of turning the g-self purple sort of uh like a callback to the old uh variable face shift on the impulse yeah absolutely or the trans am but not purple though mm-hmm. yeah 
So, of course, a battle begins. Everyone's out there fighting. Uh, Bellry has a plan to escape the ship at this point and tells um, Dorado and Rodaya to uh, hide inside of a subflight unit, which they do. Mm-hmm. They're hiding in the closet all, you know, speed racer style. Uh-huh. And he's fighting Delinson, and it's it's a tough fight, but he manages to uh, get the drop on his former instructor and ram his shield into the elf bull mid transformation, <laughs> and then get his rifle in and blast it. And at that moment, with the contact link, Delinson realizes that he was fighting Bellry all along, and Bellry hears his voice just before his suit blows up. Ooh. So by the end of the episode, Bellry is uh, crying in his room, trying to convince himself that it couldn't have been Delinson. After initially pulling a Camille and saying, it's your fault for coming out here and fighting me oh, and using that thing and transforming it. Yeah. So, Neo, your thoughts on this episode? Well, a little bit of surprise. Thought Delison was going to be around a little bit longer. Um, I don't Adam, know. You know, there was kind of a, a hint of it in the uh, end sequence where oh, yeah. you see uh, Bellry walking with uh, Cahill and Delinson. Arm in arm, yeah. Arm in arm. And it's like, well, Cahill's already dead, so... <laughs> well, no, I, I I saw that, and I knew he would... You know, you know he's going to eventually die. I just didn't think he would die this quickly, though. Yeah. I mean, this is episode six. I thought maybe early teens, something like that, but... Well, remember, this show is only running about... 25 or 26 episodes so to me that is sure yeah shorter timeline than he normally would be for this stuff Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i mean and like you said definitely the callback to camille it's like (laughs) it's like it was delison no it wasn't (laughs) it's your fault for coming here and fighting me like that is so so obviously camille (laughs) yeah and would it ever be a Gundam show without the atmospheric fight, the atmospheric battle? The you know you, you got to have that. The um, I mean that was that was nice to see, but you know interesting it, though. Most of the time, the fight is trying to get into the atmosphere. Yeah, this one is different because it's coming up Out. from the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, and and that definitely uh, gave it a little bit more. Um, a little bit more interest because, you know, it's really something we haven't seen before. Them trying to get out as opposed to going down. And, wow, I mean, you definitely see that uh, Bellry is um, adapting to the G-Self pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I guess that, that whole thing of, like, you, you're around the pirates and stuff. And, you know, next thing you know, he's doing stuff that he probably thought he wasn't going to be doing not too long ago, you know, fighting against his own people, killing his teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Whose only goal, as he stated multiple times, was to rescue his own killer. Exactly. Yeah. He must have felt, exactly. like, a, he must have felt like a fool. <laughs> oh, man, what a slap in the face. Yeah, so um, definitely some good stuff. I mean, uh, you know, puts everything in a little bit more high speed uh, with the story, especially with you know, an opening main character like Delinson and, and a guy that definitely has an effect on Bellry. And, you know, it's kind of inevitable because the whole thing, what, a couple episodes prior when Kyle gets killed and Ida's all crazy about that. And now, I guess, you know, Bellry understands where she's coming from. So mm-hmm. even though I don't think he had a crush on him, maybe he did, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it's and then like you said, like Wilmot, um, yeah, you're either <laughs> either woefully incompetent or uh, <laughs> they are the they are the best masters of self ever. Ever so, and of course, 
very important, let's not forget, mm-hmm. Chuchumi. Chuchu- oh, oh, my God. The poop? Chuchumi. Yeah, yeah Chuchumi's poop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I guess the other thing, too, is um, we find out that, what is it, uh, Mario and Godwon, they've mm-hmm. been fighting for a couple years. decades. Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. decades. Yeah, 20 years. Quite some time. And, yeah, that was interesting to see. And it, and it makes sense that, like, like you really think that they're going to give a shit about the taboo at this point? It's like, we've been at war for 20 years. This thing's going away. <laughs> it's been a slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> I think after 20 years of fighting, it might be okay to start violating some uh, technological taboos. Get her done. Tiff, there you go. So back to you, Solbro. Um, I, I dug this episode a lot. As you mentioned, the uh, the run back to the atmospheric fight uh, that always gets me in the Gundam series, and, and it happened around since this is episode six of G Reco. I think in Mobile Suit Gundam, it happened around episode five. So it's around the same same part in that series where um this, this no whole, no Gundam condom no no no, no Gundam condom. Sadly, I'm sorry. <laughs> Instead, we get Gundam Space Bird. Yeah, I was gonna say the Ghost New Type Bird, whatever. It's like, yo, Lala came up. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, that little, that so little stuff floating around. You never know. The little Ghost Bird showed up to help protect both the G Self and the Montero as they were uh, going through the atmosphere. Um, I, I like the fact that both Clem, Nick, and uh, and Belry are working together, and Belry went out of his way to save Clem in that situation especially after seeing that no one else was going to be able to help him he sacrificed he, he he put it, put his own life on the line to help out Clem so uh that was pretty dope to see and and the fact that Clem acknowledged that you know it's just going to make him tighter as uh as wingmates so he's going to be his wingman anytime <laughs> But uh, the death of Dellison, man, that was a smack in the face right there, man. Uh, it's, it's classic Tomino. Uh, have the mentor get killed off so early by the, uh, by the hand of the, ma- of, of the student that he taught. And to find out that at the last moment is, is kind of tough. And for uh, Belry to be in denial for that, that is, is definitely a callback to Camille and Zeta Gundam. And how he just wouldn't you know, face up to the fact that you know, as part of war... You are going to kill people, and you have to be responsible for your actions. I'm hoping that in the development of Bell Reed that he becomes, you know, aware of this and he becomes, you know, responsible for his actions in this. I mean, it's warfare. You know, people are going to die, but, you know, you have to realize that, you know, you made the choice of getting in the mobile suit. So you, you know, if you take lives, that's, that's part of the part. It's of, all your fault. It's part and parcel <laughs> for the situation. But it's classic Tamino development. Uh, I, and uh, I, I really appreciated that episode. It had a bittersweet ending, most definitely. Um, the, the whole thing with uh, Raya, though, I did note that she had a little bit of a traumatic experience when having to put on the normal suit. And she didn't really want it on. And um, when, uh, what's the name of that girl? That's- well, it wasn't so much the putting on the suit. It's when. Naredo closes the helmet without turning yeah, on the oxygen, thank you. which yeah. was very much a callback to um, F-91 and yeah. Victory. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> when that happened with uh, little kids being put in space suits, it's like, oops, forgot to turn on the oxygen. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of understand why she'd be mad, you know, if you yeah, have the normal suit sealed on you and you don't have the oxygen flowing. I'd kind of freak out, too. But don't you think her hesitation may have something to do with her experience in the G the G uh, self at the beginning of the series? Like, her coming from uh, space and, and maybe just, you know, having bad flashbacks to to, to her experience of uh, at, that we saw at the beginning of the series at all? Like, um, anything having to do with that? It could. All that matters is Chuchimi and Mr. Pretty Eyes. And, and, yeah. and, and, and definitely uh, flushing out the poop out of the bowl. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, the ball. Man. Uh, I did love, though, when they're they're hiding in there all Scooby fashion. Yeah. When uh, Noble starts making lots of noise and Naredo tells, tells it to shut up. Yeah. And it keeps talking, but just, like, trying to lower its voice mm-hmm. yeah. and still be squeaky. Yeah. yeah. That was a great little bit of humor. <laughs> That and um, I, I did notice at the end of the show and in the old closing sequence, as you mentioned, with Dellison and Cahill being arm in arm with um, with uh, with with Bellry. But I, I I too didn't expect his death to be so early in the series. But um, you raise a very good point about the, the run of this series pretty pretty much being half the length of a normal Tomino show. So they have to get down to business in this situation, and it makes me wonder how the death of Dellison is going to change Bellry um, for the course of the series. And um, it, it it made for a dope episode, man. I I really enjoyed this. One thing that needs to be mentioned because it's uh, so weird mm-hmm. is the uh, the missing footage from the actual episode. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So you guys notice um, there's a scene where Delinson shoots the G self from behind, and the shots mm-hmm. captured by the reflector. Mm-hmm. And then in the immediate next cut, Belry has slammed his shield into the elf bull while it's transforming, and then blasts it. Yeah. Damn. In a split second, it's like how how did they move or how did this happen? Why what's going on? If you go and watch the opening sequence, you will see more footage of them fighting and the very last shot of the opening sequence is the G self flying forward with its shield to ram it into the elf bowl. But none of that is in the actual oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing it right now. Holy shit. <laughs> I did I wonder how, how he got to cut how he for was. time or mm-hmm. anything, but it's like, why have that footage be in the opening and not be in the actual episode where so. it belongs? So I'm hoping it's something that they fix for the Blu-ray, especially because there's also inconsistent damage animation. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the episode with the Elf Bowl, so I don't know what's up with that, but here's hoping it gets fixed. So yes, this was definitely some classic Tamino, the whole student killing the instructor and then only finding it out at the end. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, he's done that situation plenty of times of people killing each other or killing others and then realizing the last second what a mistake they'd made. I'm reminded of. Uh, Way back in Victory, there was this one episode about these this couple. Mm-hmm. Oh they were yeah, married, and then they, I remember it that. was like a Romeo and Julie situation that each mm-hmm. thought the other was dead, and they ended up killing each other. Oh, geez. yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, messed up. It's interesting seeing uh, Clem continue to take punishment. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And not boasting so much anymore about his skills, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of quieted down a little bit, hasn't he? He's been yeah, on the he's, humble. He's, yeah, nor has he even used the toilet. He's holding it in. <laughs> his poor bowels. <laughs> yeah. So this reflector pack is pretty cool, I thought, in what it does, which is to uh, absorb the energy of beam weapons and then turn it into energy for the G-Self to use, which is how we get the uh, the Gundam Space Bird at the end. Mm-hmm. Although, if you think about it, the name Reflector is, is a pretty big misnomer because it doesn't yeah. reflect anything. It, it, it absorbs. It's a collector. It's a collector or an absorber, but I guess, uh, you know, they wanted the name Reflector, so <laughs> there we are. Yeah. And... Obviously, Belvery was planning to make this battle his escape to get away with the girls and Chuchumi and the G-Self, but that's not going to happen now, Ooh. and um, I'm guessing he's just going to have to cast his lot with the pirates. The question is, 
does anybody else know what he's been doing and would that preclude him from returning to the Capitol Guard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do wonder about that because, you know, they want to go, but it's like you've fought in a couple of battles. You've ne- you now killed a couple of Capitol Guard pilots. Well, he only and, killed Delinson. He hasn't. Well, but still, but I mean, you're going to show up in the, the enemy weapon. I don't see them really being like, oh, hey, you know, welcome with open arms. But yeah, I, luckily we haven't had to see that yet. So <laughs> the other thing I thought was interesting is as we see Delinson uh, heading up to space, that the people who live in the Undernut are not very happy with the Capital Army because, you know, they're taking over their space and militarizing yeah. their little colony and everything. And what makes Delison's death sting even more is most of the guys that we've seen so far in the Capital Guard and the Capital Army mm-hmm. are total jerks, except for him and Kerbis, who we haven't seen since, like, episode, what, two? Yeah, yeah episode three? two or yeah. three, yeah. So I thought it was interesting that this guy who has a completely pure-hearted goal of rescuing his student is killed by his own student yeah, yeah. and it was not a death that was deserved at all he was fighting with a noble intention yeah absolutely whereas like so many of these other jerks it's like yeah these guys probably deserve it because they're assholes yeah it wasn't it, and it was interesting to see that all those you know the the people living in the, in the undernut and you're like hmm you know um I wonder what that's all about. And then, like you said, now now they're kind of getting um, you know pushed out by as they're militarizing the um, the undernuts for um, you know the Capitol Guard and stuff. So I'm wondering if that we're going to kind of see any more of that because it, it just seems like one of those things. Especially with Tamino, he always likes to show the whole civilians being affected by the military type of deal. Yeah. So let's do ratings then, Neo. Oh, four fish turds out of five. <laughs> Or chuchumi, chuchumi poops. I'm sorry. Chuchumi poops. Oh man, I have to go with uh, four new type ghost birds out of five. Man, gotta do it. All right, I'm gonna give this one four misnamed backpacks out of five. <laughs> reflector absorber, reflector absorber, and that trend will continue on in further episodes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which brings us to episode seven: the Mask Corpse Fierce Assault. Oh shit. So we're Back on Earth on this new battleship Garandin, where Mask tells his men, who are all Kuntalas, that if they fight well, that it'll improve the position of Kuntalas. Mm-hmm. And we finally, what, in what, series... They become, they become the first course as opposed to the second the main course? <laughs> yes. It's finally mentioned in series that Kuntala were inferior people who were used for food at the end of the Universal Century during massive devastation and craziness. Mm-hmm. God. Which raises a whole bunch of other questions, but we'll get to that. Yeah later in the discussion so his team sets off they're all using elf bullocks and Bellry, i guess has pretty much resigned himself to having cast his lot with the pirates since he's helping them out and as the enemies approach we get a nice little balloon megafauna oh yeah Unveiled, which is a good old callback to Universal Century. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And a fight with uh, everyone showing up, including Bellry, Clem, and Ida in the GR Kane, mm-hmm. which uh, she just does not do very well with. <laughs> and of course, Clem uh, takes some more damage while fighting off all of these people. So by the end of the episode, we have uh, seemingly things are going in Mask's favor, but then a gigantic mobile armor appears and starts blasting his people. The Opsilus? Yeah. The Opsilus? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of when that thing showed up. I'm like, wait. 
Huh? And at the same time, we have a separate plot thread where Wilmot took the elevator up to one of the nuts and argued with Jugan and played dumb so that she could launch in an atmospheric reentry glider and get to Bellry on her own without any of his uh, snoops following her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's heading down there herself now and realizes, of course, that she forgot those bananas and cinnamon biscuits. Oh, damn. Which, I, man, I could, I could go for some cinnamon biscuits right now, actually. Me, me too, Ashley. Those things sound delicious. <laughs> I could do a banana. I'm not a big cinnamon person, oh, but man. I could do some banana. So, Sobro, thoughts on this episode? Uh, it was definitely uh, it was definitely uh, full of all sorts of developments. Uh, uh, just to see the disrespect that Wilmot gets <laughs> from 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 the other soldiers and whatnot was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, it was just a, a continuing trend from the last episode. But um, the fact that she gets fed up and she wants to reunite with her son in order to to find out more what's going on was a, was a nice development in the show. Um, when she played dumb and activated the glider. <laughs> Half, with her half-baked plan of like taking control of it, um, not realizing she was missing a normal suit and all that stuff was kind of amusing. But um, I expected that to end a tragedy. Um, <laughs> more, more to come on that one. Uh, what was what was Nick thinking putting uh, uh, what's her name uh, Raria in the G self though? That's what I want to know. She wanted to see how she could control it. Yeah, that, that, yeah. because she came down and yeah, it. So. And we, we've seen that he's been obsessed with uh, this idea yeah. that mm-hmm. him being the genius pilot that he is can't even move it. Yeah. But some, yeah. you know, crazy space girl can <laughs> along with some random kid. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of don't blame him for what he's doing. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the guy, we, we see that he is a pretty skilled pilot, but then... He just chose you know, the worst possible time. Yeah, it's not the best... Pi- yeah, I mean, yeah. he should do that at a different point in time, but it made sense... I didn't find it too much of a weird thing that he would do that because he's just been so obsessed about the G self and everything. So did she, did she have some moments of clarity in this episode too? She definitely did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, just that once the battle started and she started sinking in the water, then she lost um, all clarity and resorted back to uh, went back to choo me mode. Choo me mode. <laughs> you know, a, a funny thing. Uh, I would get it got brought up to me that the fish that she has choo me. Uh, it resembles a little bit of uh, Laurent's uh, toy fish from uh, from 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 uh, Turn A Gundam. At least oh, another color. link! An- another an- link! I mean, that could just be a, a, a little bit of an Easter egg, and not nothing else to be thought about it. But or it could just be overzealous fans trying to really work hard at making connections that aren't there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if anything, I, I think to me, it's, it's just a tropical fish. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's, it's fish is a fish. I think, wasn't that thing just like kind of like brownish or slightly orange? I, I don't recall it being. He kind of looked like just a goldfish to me. Yeah. I wasn't like. I mean, it's very cartoony looking. looking. You know, it's, it's. I'd have to go back and see, but it, yeah. it, it almost sounds like people are yeah, I, trying to like reach and make a connection that isn't there. Yeah, yeah I, I think. I think they're just trying to connect dots that just aren't there yet when it comes to this and, and Victor. Turning and bag. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, we know that there's going to be some connection. You know that's going to happen. We just don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, it'll take time to reveal, but uh, it, it may mean nothing, so I'm prepared for that, too. But uh, it, was just, it, was a, it was a cool observation. Kind of like your, you know, your, your favorite character, Mick Jack, all the oh. stuff she's done the, the last couple episodes here, right? <laughs> She's been she's been all right, man. You got to keep an eye on her, man. Got to keep an eye on her. She's gonna be the next. She's gonna she's gonna be the next. Uh, oh, I, I don't even know who to, uh, the next something or other. The next something yeah. or other. Oh boy, keep an eye on that. 
Um, but no. Um, Arthurian legend, the female <laughs> version of the Arthurian legend. Guinevere, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Guinevereian legend. The Guinevereian legend. <laughs> but it was it was uh it was it was uh it was fun. Um, Belry having to fight, you had to use the Jonum for at least uh, the beginning part of the episode was was a nice little twist, being that uh the G self was already being uh waylaid by uh by what Nick was doing with Raya. So to have him see him use a, just a regular grunt suit, I guess was a bit humbling. But he eventually would get uh, his hands on the G self and then finally be able to get uh, to work. That, isn't that a callback to all these Gundam pilots? Oh, so yeah. they all they all they all eventually go into like the the suit that's like the step down or the mass production suit from what they're used to. Yeah, they got to slum it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it oh also my God. it uh, doubles Zeta ish seeing the antics of the Jahannam like tripping and falling around while he's trying yeah. to get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking uh, the Shanger Law there. <laughs> nice, nice. You know what tripped me out though is when I was watching the episode. The pilot of the Megafauna speaks English pretty often <laughs> in, the, in the show. Um, like when she barks commands, a lot of times they're just straight English, and I, I thought it was a nice little, nice little touch right there. That's probably because, at least in um, air traffic, mm-hmm. that air traffic controllers all over the world use Speak, English hey, as yep. the universal language, regardless of what language you know yeah they're in that makes their home their home language yeah to see the show actually carry that along was pretty nice um and and it just tickles me pink when anybody japanese is speaking english fluently like that is pretty cool um to have the kuntala finally explained though was a big thing in this episode i know um Tumino probably got a lot of criticism for people throwing around terms and no explanation being given. But you know, finally there was a reason to explain no, it. No, no one would do oh, that. Oh, no one would do that. Exactly. Do you, do you think he really cares? <laughs> he probably does doesn't. He tr- does but- he strike you as the kind of guy who cares about that? <laughs> he could give two f's. But uh, I, I, I pretty much would think his place in history mm-hmm. is kind of set. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's. You know, I, I, I think. I think 40 years after his death, whenever that may happen, mm-hmm. he's still going to be kind of remembered as opposed to the people that didn't like what he did. Yeah. They'll probably just die a, a useless death Ouch. at Fridays <laughs> where they work. They, I, at Fridays? <laughs> yeah, they're dishwasher at Fridays. There you go. There you go. Um, but the fact that he specifically picked his crew. And and as as pilots as uh, as people who were also Kuntalas was was actually pretty cool. I I like his character being that he's an underdog socially. Uh, being you know that since they have kind of a, a caste system with the uh, the fact that people who are descendants of Kuntalas are looked down upon in the show. So it, it's cool to see even even a guy with the mask uh, have some kind of uh, social struggles that he's got to overcome as well. And um, it makes me like his character a bit more. So uh, more, more. Yeah, but mm-hmm. in a way, though, it's 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 also the easiest way to get a bunch of idiots to fight for you. Yeah, just be like, hey, I'm just like you. We need to do this, and you know, it makes you wonder if he's you know eventually has aspirations to kind of you know you know finally take over the capital or in eventually or you maybe move up to be in a position where people who are controllers can be more respected overall but uh and i, I guess yeah, they, they were respected at the end of this universal century yeah <laughs> respected I mean, for dinner respected well, for being so tasty I'm, i mean i mean you would have to think they were they were probably really kind of well kept up until the point that they had to be you know Ooh. off <laughs> so gruesome but yeah. hey. <laughs> or they could have just been fed like garbage snacks and potato chips to fatten them up. Yeah. Pump them up with steroids. 
making him laugh fatter. I can't even think about that. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I, overall, um, it was a, it was a good. Hey good man, if you if if you if you're at the end of a of a century of warfare, that's taken what like 10 11 billion people and probably at the at the end of universal century you're probably less than a billion yeah i mean and after all the war and devastate you just probably destroyed the planet two or three times destroyed all the colonies <laughs> the moon i mean my god <laughs> you know and the only thing you can have to eat is your brother joe oh the devastation hey. man that's what you get. I mean, desperate times come from death. There was a reason why in was it World War Two and all those countries, all those places that were bombed. There was no cats and dogs and rats. I mean, you do what you got to do. <laughs> I mean, granted, oh. this is on the extreme of institutionalized uh, people, uh, institutionalized cannibalism. But yeah. you know, hey, it's freaking. It's. Terrible, I actually think so. it's a great. I, it actually is a great plot line to really. To me, it's it's one of those things. That, I mean it. It makes me want actually want to see. I'd love it if they did some type of prequel or, you know, some offshoot just to show like how crazy the end of the Universal Century was. Because, you know, if you're having a fact where you're doing institutionalized cannibalism, how bad was this? I mean, this was bad stuff. It would make it would make kind of an interesting uh, historical uh, episode if they they, they do run it back to to show us what happened at the during the apocalypse. But uh, I don't think I don't think we'll ever get that. But um, I don't don't think Tamino was the one to do it because uh yeah he, he won't asked be about the end of the universal century yeah he deflected and told the interviewer that's a question for the historians of the regaled century ah uh, yeah <laughs> good shit good shit uh, last but not least um clem clem nick uh mr pretty eyes he got he got his ass kicked again by uh by old mask <laughs> He's, he keeps well, trying I actually i actually want to rename him i mm-hmm. want to call him now timex timex <laughs> takes a lick and keeps on ticking i mean <laughs> Because he really does. I mean, Clem Timex Nick. <laughs> yeah, just Timex. <laughs> well said, sir. I mean, we, we, we've had we've renamed people like Fats Goodman. Oh yeah. I mean, that wasn't even his name. It was just, he became Fats Goodman. I'd like to call this guy Timex. Timex, man. So is he is he the Soul Bros man of the series yet? No, God, no. Because oh. the Timex the Timex would never be a Soul Bros man. <laughs> Uh, if y'all if, if y'all voted for him, I would take him. But uh, no, 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 no one's gonna vote for him. He's too good. He's too good to be a. He's too good for you. Yeah. I think we have yet to see the Silver Man. man of the, this series. The search There's continues. Still time then. For that. The search continues. Yeah. But yeah, that that's it for me. It's a good setup to a nice two part conflict. And uh, back to you, Chris. All right. So this episode had some some good fights, and uh, you know, Lewin definitely had the upper hand for a while until uh, this big ass mobile armor appeared. Absolutely. Turn things around for them at the end, and give me back, I know. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> what? Wait, wrong show, wrong show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's what I saw, and you know, both of you thought that when you oh, saw yeah. that come out of the cloud. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> Someone dig, dug up some old, old, uh, old blueprints. Apparently, <laughs> well, they definitely did with that Capital Guard battleship. Was yeah. that from the Universal Century or what? Holy crap! And he, well, I mean, even even the Megaflona, it looks like you know. It's coming from the UC. The, the megafauna looks like it could slip into the Neo Zeon fleet and nobody would notice. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's even got that little, that little weird, the little weird V's mm-hmm. up on the deck. You know, the yellow V's. That oh yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the Garandan looks like it could slip into the the Tetons fleet. Holy shit! Yeah, it does. Now you, and that fit makes, in just fine. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that was an interesting development of uh, the fact that they're stepping up and now they've got some big-ass battleship to mm-hmm. counter the megafauna. Mm-hmm. This one's a real ship. Wait, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Not yet. So pretty standard episode, yeah. I thought. So let's do ratings and Sobro. Man, um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, man, uh, I say three and a half last minute rescues by mobile armor. <laughs> Neil? Uh, it's got to be uh, three. This is a real ship no, out of five. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half mounted hippo heads out of five. Nice. Oh, nice. hippo heads. Well, that is yeah. uh, nicely pulled. Nicely pulled. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the moment that she laughs when she sees that, um, <laughs> Wilmot, when she goes into the office, I don't know if that's what she was laughing at, but uh, she had to be taken a, a little bit by surprise by that. I know I was. <laughs> yeah, I was too. <laughs> Which brings us to the final episode of this discussion, number eight, Mother, Father, and Mask. Oh, no. So we pick up right where the last episode left off with the armor Zagon flying around, shooting everything, and it turns out it's piloted by uh, Lady Guinevere herself. Oh, yeah, Lady Guinevere. Mick Jack. Mick Jack. So she's taking care of this, and Belry, who had his atmospheric pack damaged, lands on this island to get a new pack from some of the nearby subflight units that are bringing in reinforcements, including this bizarre kind of lobster-looking thing, for lack of a better word, <laughs> which is named the Tricky Pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't understand that one, but it's like, the Tricky Pack, it's here. I'm like, what? It, it is, lives, is, this a, is this a translation issue? <laughs> it lives up to its name. That's all I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And in the meantime, we're also introduced finally to Ida's father, who's been mentioned a whole bunch of times, but finally appears, and his name is Gusian, mm-hmm. and uh, just seems to be pretty laid back, relaxing with Ida while there's this battle happening, you know, like yeah. mere feet from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So Belry rejoins the battle with the Tricky Pack. And is fighting against Lewin and stumbles to try to fly around with this big, ungainly, heavy monstrosity. Right. And using all of its weird features like dispelling beams or creating um, sort of projections of the G-self that yeah. hit the elf bullock and cause its electronics to go nuts. Right. So the battle keeps playing out for a little while and then Ida runs off on her own when an unknown is detected coming in but that unknown is actually Wilmot's glider so Belry gives chase and Ida being uh, you know the stubborn fool that she is figures hey I'll shoot down this enemy mm-hmm. when Belry's like hey uh, it's just a glider there's no no need to shoot it but since she's so sucky at controlling the GR cane <laughs> she starts randomly shooting Jesus. and almost hits the glider mm-hmm at which point they're close enough that Wilmot can radio Bellary and he realizes that his freaking mother is in the glider. True. Mm-hmm. So no thanks to Ida, he rescues the glider and brings Wilmot back to the island where she meets with Gusian, who tells her that, uh, hey, uh, these people on the moon are doing a bunch of sneaky shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and Belry puts two and two together about uh, this Amerian ship that was accused of violating a taboo called the Nick Space, which Klim claims was dismantled, but Belry figures out is really just the megafauna in disguise. <laughs> mm. Nice. And Wilmot is in shock to find out that uh, these moon people who bring the photon batteries down and blah, 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 are doing sneaky stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can't trust people on the moon. Nope. That moon speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sobro, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, this episode, it, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely uh, started off with a, with with, with I, I guess it hit the ground running to say the least. Um, it picks up where the last one left off, and um, okay. you finally get to see. I finally do get to see my girl pilot in uh, that armor that you mentioned. The Amor uh, Amorgas sorry uh, Armor Zagon. Ar- yes. Amorgasbord. Amorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Yeah, it was good. It's good to see her in action. I thought she might actually end up dying. Like I thought that Mass or his people might end up. Uh, Taking her out. Oh, before you can't kill Mick out. Jack. Oh man, come on, Mick Jack. Lady Guinevere. When he no. <laughs> can't kill her. I like it regardless. What I would like Guinevere to know. Guinevere and Legend will will live on. <laughs> what I did was, what is her connection to uh, to uh, to Clem Nick though? I, I either you think they might be siblings or I'm thinking booty call. Oh shit. <laughs> They seem to have a connection, though. It was. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious about that. And also, yeah. speaking speaking of so, uh, uh, when a man loves a woman, yes, there's uh, usually a connection. So you know, f you. <laughs> <laughs> what I also would like to know is what's going on between uh, what's going on Let's between see. Wilmot and uh, and Guzian. Um, I, they 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 know each other, um, you know, from prior encounters. But it makes me wonder if well, they're, maybe they're, they're high level diplomats, government, they're bureaucrats. government people. Yeah, that, they're that's, bureaucrats. That's true. So, mentions that they met at a, at a conference. A conference. So yeah, yeah. He's the head of the American Army, right? And she's the she's operations director for the tower. So of course they're going to know each other yeah. in a professional capacity. But my question yeah. is, how long ago was that? How long ago was that conference? What What does it matter? Because well, I don't I don't understand the relevancy of your point. Because I'm looking right at I'm looking right at Guzion and I'm looking right at Belry. And they look a little related. Oh, good God. <laughs> Don't tell me you're one of these people who, who has this hey, dumbass theory that Belry and Ida are siblings. I don't know. I don't know. Are you serious? Did you just say this? Hey, hey, hey. say this? Listen, listen. I didn't say shit. <laughs> you no, just did. did. You just <laughs> did. All I know is it could be a possibility. Oh it's my just God. another dumbass thing so, so let, that let me fans guess. are uh-huh. perpetuating because hey. they need to have dumb theories about everything. Hey, so you know because, because everyone in everyone except for like one or two characters in right. Gundam Seed suffer from her eye face. They're all related. <laughs> is, 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 that, is, that your, is that your logic there? It's like, hmm, these no. two anime characters, they're very similar, so thus they must be related, even though... I don't know. I, 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 see, some, I see something there, but at the same time, it could be nothing. I could be dead-ass wrong. I, I, I can look uh, at that. I really can. I, um, I got a good dude, chance there, there is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is nothing there. If there was something between them, mm-hmm. like her reaction to seeing him or her body language would give some kind of hint to that. Whereas she almost got killed by her daughter, by the guy's daughter. Yeah. So when, I, I when know. she sees him, it's just like cold, business-like, yeah. not even the slightest little hint. So she's either like the best actress in the world, mm-hmm. or B, there ain't nothing happening. Ain't shit going on, huh? All right. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll stand down. Then. Don't go barking up trees looking for <laughs> stuff that's not there. 
asshole, bro. You know what? <laughs> You've been up this path before. Damn it. Yeah, just 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 enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Put everything together at the end, and, and then and then then do your conclusion. Just, just enjoy the ride. Fall into the the Suzaku did it. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I'll just, be honest with you, that, mm-hmm. that what you just said is kind of like a Suzaku did it. Hey, oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> no, no, it, it sounded like a Suzaku did it. Well, that's 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 fantastic. I'll I'll stand down for the moment. Yeah, um, stand down. I will. I will. Uh, it was cool to see Manny again, though. And this time she 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 butchered her hair, man. Um, she's she's uh, now in. Well, she's a Kuntala. Yeah, she's a Kuntala. It's and all about that, man. Kuntala yeah. for life. Kuntala for life. Kuntala for life. Hope she's in the forces now, and she re- reunites with Mask, and she knows damn sure that is Luin, man. She knows what you know about Kuntala. You don't know <laughs> nothing about Kuntala. <laughs> Don't you use the K word, man? Don't you? <laughs> what, what you said? One of one of you people? You mean what? A Kuntala? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> oh no! But yeah, um, it was cool to see them uh, reunite, and the fact that she uh, pretty much, uh, you know, made contact with him in at, at, at one of his worst moments when he landed. You know, he was pissed that he got defeated, and he was upset and. And she got to share that moment with him, you know. He was, like, and, and I like that there were some guys laughing who were basically like, "LOL, Kuntala's gonna Kuntala." Oh, what a what a what a bunch of bastards, man! I love the racism in this shit. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not exactly been batting a thousand when it comes to he um, hasn't, but you know, uh, the kills and coming back with your squad department. Well, and I all mean, the the elf bull and the elf bull like also don't exactly seem to be like the most user-friendly and easy yeah they're oh i i agree with that they're basically garbage that they just they they can't even it can't even as belry notices or or klim notices whichever in the previous episode it can't even fly in mobile suit form it's got to be in that dumb dumbass uh flight yeah, mode that it has exactly that, that was that was too funny right klim started like knocking him out the sky after he figured that out that was pretty cool but yeah uh, for the most part i i thought it was a a pretty uh a, for the most part a, a revealing episode uh especially where the show's going to move forward with the whole conspiracy behind the people on the moon and the batteries and all that uh the tricky pack was interesting to see it's dome uh, it's dome it's dome huh it's not lebron uh, sorry not lebron but uh von brown city <laughs> Why, why would LeBron be on the LeBron City? LeBron City. <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero G space basketball. <laughs> oh my space god. Is, is LeBron taking his talents to the moon? It's the worst. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to take my talents to the moon. Yo, I'm going, going to Von Braun City. It was the worst of Freudian's lips. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm are, are you done? I'm almost done, man. Um, <laughs> the scene where no, I um, think you are done. No, I hold think on. You're done. The scene. The scene where um, if, if well, Wilmot literally got swatted out. Cut you off. Oh, hold on, man. The <laughs> scene ahead. where Wilmot almost got knocked out of the sky, though. I expected her to get murked. Being that we just saw an episode a few episodes ago where Delinson died, it's like, oh my god, this is not going to end well. But surprisingly, so she actually lived, and I was like, well, this, to see this that. is happy to me, no. If this was it twenty is. or thirty years ago, oh, yeah. should have been. You know how that would have played out. That would have been murder in the first. Yeah, that glider would have been cut in half, and her yeah. half of her corpse would have landed on top of the G self I, I on on, uh, on uh, Belry's body. Would have landed right on the camera, so that <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just thought that would make this them... is happy to me. Now. This is not victory Gundam to me. Now. I thought it might happen to make them uh, make uh, Ida karmically even with uh, with Belry for the for the death. No, they, of, uh, they're already karmically karmically even. With right the, now. with uh with the death of because he uh, killed he killed Delson yeah yeah so that, that, that was somebody that was cl- that he was close to true true but yeah that's it for me uh, I I thought it was a solid up okay Neil wow 
this guy Guzman, man, what is up with Guzman? I mean, he's way chill as the battle's going on. He's like, he's like super chill Matilda. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to deliver the parts to you while the battle's going on. <laughs> super but chill. And here's, oh, here, here's my daughter. Hey, Ida, what's up? Oh, yeah, don't mind that. That's just a mobile suit blowing over in, over in that mountain over there. No big deal. Oh, there's the there's the mobile armor. Mick Jack, she's getting her some. Hey, oh, what's going on? Yeah, that's nice. Hey, choo-choo-ring. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Retard. But I do <laughs> like this guy because he's like, because he, he finally just kind of says what everybody really needed to say. He gives a reason why we need to, why this technology taboo has got to go away. He's like, mm-hmm. there's bunch of shenanigans going on in the moon and uh, the only way we're going to deal with it is using this UC technology. So he kind of, I mean, <laughs> he kind of brought it together. It was like, you know what? I can maybe see why these guys are doing what they're doing. And, you know, what is it? The, what, what do they call the SU uh, cortisum? Cortisum? That, cortisum. The, the pe- cortisum. That people up on the moon. <laughs> S- no, SU cord. Those are cord- the religious people. Okay. In the tower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who are the people on the moon? And they're the... Kabisi something or other? I don't know. They're the ones that provide the... Who provide the batteries that are brought yeah. down to Earth. The Kashiba Makoshi. Kashiba Makoshi, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you're just sitting there, you're like, okay, makes sense why they'd want to do this, so... But um, definitely pretty solid episode, and I, I think you know the the even though he's not completely in it, Guzon, I, he really kind of gave it a lot of stability, and it kind of he was definitely somebody that brought my attention because of he you know based on what he was doing during the battle when he sees his daughter, and then when he really just gets with uh, Wilmot, and you know they kind of have that like, hey, this is the deal. Hey, we've met before. We know we're of two opposing sides, but um, you, you got to check this out this is this is why this is going down the way it is and it makes sense so but um and all i gotta say is kuntalo kuntalo is a kuntalo is a kuntalo <laughs> exactly so back to you chris so good battle this episode yeah with the weird lobster pack or yeah whatever that's supposed to look like and some good explanation on more background that makes things a bit more intriguing. For one, the fact that the megafauna is a disguised version of a ship that got the Amerians in trouble sometime before. But we also learn that the Garandin is loaned to the Capital Army by Gondwan. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird, too. Yeah. So given that Belry is hanging out with the Amerians who are disguised as pirates, and now the Capital Army is sort of, sort of lining up with Gondwan. It seems to be a situation of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So does this mean that we're going to have Ameria versus the Capitol Tower and Gondwan, and then eventually they'll have to all unite to fight whatever the hell this threat from space is? I would say that would be probably a good chance. 95% confident. <laughs> Which we saw before yeah. in turn A when you had mm-hmm. the militia and the moon race fighting each other, but eventually they had to team up to fight against uh, Jim and all of his craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All his space balls and wackadoos. Yeah. So we also find out about the shenanigans on the moon, and I thought it was interesting, it was mentioned by Naredo that astronomical observa- observation is forbidden by the yeah. taboo. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? You, you can't look up at space? Who who came up with all of this taboo bullshit, and who came up with these moronic rules that you can't examine stuff in space? Like, what would be the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. That, that got me, because okay, I can see... The- the technological taboo of 
weapons. I get that. You know, there's deadly weapons. They can, you know, a couple of these things can just destroy cities and things like that. But the fact that she couldn't even just go up and look up in the city, it, it almost well, makes you... And look up at the moon. It's like, what? what is the big freaking deal? It, yeah, people have been doing almost, that since the Renaissance. <laughs> well, but, but, but the thing, yeah, but the thing is, it makes it, makes it kind of seem like the Dark Ages when all that stuff was like taboo when you oh, did, yeah. you know, with these, these, and I guess we see it a little bit because of the whole thing with that kind of religion that's going on there. And well, it's, it's it definitely of, harkens back to the, yeah. the Middle East, Middle East, the mi- medieval the times, times and, yeah. you know, the Catholic Church metaphor of enforcing power through ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you keep the masses ignorant, you can feed them whatever you want and they'll believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Even someone like we see Wilmot, who's educated, like, she just starts, you know, babbling this nonsense of oh, the Capitol Tower will never fall and blah, 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 because, you know, her mind just can't. Been told uh, that. You know, she's been had that drilled into her her whole life and her mind just can't comprehend what her eyes are telling her because it just runs counter to all of the dogma and rhetoric that she believes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why she also, you know, spouts that dogma and rhetoric in the face of just the very obvious changes happening with the capital army. Yeah. Like, oh, but the taboo, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, your taboo don't mean shit now, lady, so <laughs> get over it. We will pass that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do find that hilarious. Yeah. So. Also, uh, I don't know why the hell anyone lets Ida use the GR Kane because she is a god-awful pilot. I mean, she is, like, worse than Fa level. Hey, man, that's the, the nepotism, man. Come on. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like. I mean, she makes uh, Luna Marie look like uh, ouch, ouch, a freaking ace. Damn, you went there. <laughs> I mean, she keeps crashing into Bellry yeah. and stuff. She she can't hit anything. Mm-hmm. She uses this stupidly huge beam rifle, despite everyone telling her not to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just sort of like her attitudes. Like people tell her not to do it because you suck. It's like, well, I'll prove you wrong by sucking. <laughs> Yeah. And then in this episode, she runs off on her own to go fight an enemy without even knowing what it is and establishing if it's a friend or a foe. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, she's flying out of control up into space and can't even control a super mobile suit. It's like, what? why is this good-looking mobile suit being wasted on her? Yeah. On this I, horrible, I feel- horrible pilot. Yeah, I like the GR Kane. Although I give her a little bit of credit for at least being self-aware enough to know that her stupidity almost caused Wilmot to die. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the fact she tries to cover it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but either she needs to do some serious training in the simulator, or hand me down that suit faster than uh, Kagali got rid of uh, the Akatsuki. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, she doesn't even have the benefit of someone else's uh, stock animation to make her look good and things. Like, exactly. Like, what happened to Luna Marie? Is that Shin? Is that Luna Marie? Is, I don't know. I know it's just the impulse. So, wrapping up, let's do some ratings. Sobro. I have to give this episode uh, four moon conspiracies out of five. Neo? Gotta give it four cool dads out of five. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, cool, man. He's he's kind of like the Matthew McConaughey of uh, Gundam Chireco right now. Thomas. Hey. Tom- mm-hmm. Hey there, Ida. What's going on? <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> I, I know there's some battles going on, but you haven't seen your daddy in a while. How you doing? I- oh, by the way, I brought you a Lincoln. <laughs> I, I like to drive them even before they paid me to. <laughs> you don't have to pay me to drive a Lincoln. 
I did it before they paid. But I'll take the money anyway. I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna build on my, my my existing fame, and all all the good the great year I've been having. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'll give this one four. Go suckle your mother's breasts out of five. There you oh. go. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Good stuff. <laughs> the sweet suckle. <laughs> and with that, we will wrap up this segment, and we'll be checking back in in 2015 to catch up on G Reco and to, of course, get started with Build Fighters. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We didn't so forget, well. people. We'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Gundam. Next. I said next. God damn it, this is not the DMV, alright? Move it along. Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ. A wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there.
Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. This is episode 155. You have listened to uh, our final episode of the year. That's right. Yay! We're going on uh, Christmas, or sorry, uh, w- winter break. Uh, we'll see you guys next Festivus. year. Festivus. I'm doing Festivus. That's right. That's right, son. Festivus. Because that's. I'll bring that, bring that some old school. I got to get right. ready to air those grievances. <laughs> yeah. So I got grievances against all of you bastards. Just string up the tree, son. <laughs> Festivus. We're going on Festivus break, and yeah. we'll be back in January, guys. So enjoy, enjoy the holidays. Be safe. And um and, and and I hope you have the best holidays yet. Um this episode we talked about episodes five through eight of Gundam Reconquista in G or G Reco for short. Hope you guys enjoyed those reviews and hope you guys are enjoying the shows. And uh even though we're away all these weeks, uh you at least have weeks of Gundam to watch. So I hope you guys uh continue to enjoy these shows and have a good time and uh thanks for listening to Gundam and your support has always been grand. Uh um, before we close out this episode, I'm going to turn it over to the Postmaster General himself. Chris, take it away, sir. All right, and <clears throat> we're going to start with a voicemail, which, of course, you can drop at 305-792-8324. Keep it short and make sure to mention at the start that the message is for Gundam. So this message comes from Philly Gundam fan. For this one, you'll just have to pretend that Neo still lives in Orlando. And that Chris was in Orlando that weekend. Okay, so Grandma Crazy Cat Lady has died and left each of you, Chris, Neo, and Solbro, a fortune at her estate in Vancouver. The only catch is, the first one of you to make it there gets the whole thing. So you all have to race from Orlando to Vancouver while driving Dodge Hellcats, all while completing crazy challenges of wit, bravery, and strength along the way. You can choose one character from Gundam to assist you. Neither of you can choose the same character. Solbro can pick first since he's not allowed to use uh, Saji. He's busy being useless somewhere else that we can. Okay, and before we get to the question, I just want to make mention of the wonderful Google Voice translation, which um, <laughs> says at one point, we're driving pastel cats. <laughs> it's the male cats. <laughs> which, to me, springs to mind the, uh, the old cat bus from Totoro. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Or... <laughs> You know, something people would say back in the 60s, dropping acid at Woodstock. I was driving Pascal Tat, Pastel Cats, man. It was amazing. Then I saw Hendrix do the, the Star Spangled Banner. Awesome. <laughs> Universe! Universe! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Pastel Cats. Pastel Cats. question Where's about... That? racing from Orlando to Vancouver we'll let Sobro go first who of course is banned from choosing Saji so Sobro uh. who do you choose to assist you in this wacky race I'm always first huh <laughs> damn it well since I can't use Saji and I know that my other go to would be Emma and I'll, I'll bar myself from using her too as you much use as, uh, Lady Guinevere now? Uh, Lady Guinevere. Uh, no, she's a little new. I don't know exactly what her abilities are yet. But Mick Jack is a nice uh, stand-in person to to pick. But uh, I'm going to go with a recent pick and not from a conventional series either. I'm going to go with uh, Rinko Iori from, uh, from, uh, from Build Fighters. 
uh, Say's mom, man. She's always bubbly, and I can I can imagine doing that long road trip. With you really want you really think you're going to get there with her? I'm not going to get there with her at all. But it's just cool to have someone that cool be on the road trip with and you. that busty. And and and, and maybe he won't get there, but be, he'll get there. But you know, maybe I'll, I'll get to my destination at least, and it'll be nice. At least someone who's nice to look at, uh, riding alongside of me, and uh, someone who. Uh, I figured would be you know uh, uh, very supportive during the uh, during the trip. So oh, Rinko Iori oh. would be uh, my pick. That would be mine. All right, Neil. Well, I'm envisioning this as like a gumball rally. So of course I'm going to go <laughs> with the original Gundam race car driver Kai Shiden. Yo, son. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck, really? I mean, come on. You're in a race. You got to pick a Gundam character. You're going from Orlando to Vancouver, and it's a Gumball Valley. How are you going to do this? Let me pick Mirai. No. <laughs> she can drive, Ka- though. Ka- <laughs> a ship <laughs> with Mamaski drive particles. <laughs> Kai is a race car driver. Mm-hmm. What version of you, Kai, you, though? You know that Primus song, Jerry was a race car driver? You uh-huh. just take out Jerry and put in Kai. Put in Kai. And you got the whole song there. And you're going to get there. Well, what version of Kai would you pick, though? Um, uh, MSG era or... or, or um, of course, MSG era, because later on, when he's the dashing Will McAvoy wannabe, <laughs> he's not going to... He's, he's driving the limos yeah, you got to go stuff. MSG to jump onto white base. Yeah, jumping on the white base. But he's, he's the seasoned adventurer by the time Zeta rolls around, man. It doesn't matter, though. He's a wearing journalist a cool at that suit point. in the middle of the jungle. That's right, yeah, dude. Yeah, he's man. wearing a linen, white linen suit in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> You really want that guy to get you on a gumball rally from Florida to freaking yeah, Canada? Yeah, but he could use a whip. <laughs> he could use a whip, but he's also the Indiana Jones. Well, could he do also one has too. sources in every town. That's right. Dude. That is true. To give what, you intelligence but, on where your opponents are. Damn straight, man. Well, I'm going to have him as as um, as uh, the driver, and you know what? I'll make you happy. I'll put Mirai as navigator. Oh, this will be this will be like rally. This will be a rally car. <laughs> Mirai, I'll just be sitting there. 22 left, left, right, 24, gas, 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 break, 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 right, left, right, the corner. What yeah, is this, the wacky how- races of Gundam? Is that what is it? <laughs> no, but it's a freaking race. You never watch, you never watch Rally, you bastard. I've seen Rally, I'm just saying, it's like we're just... <laughs> how is this the wacky racers? It's not like I'm putting freaking... Uh, 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 Goemon, or uh, uh, Gemon, not Goemon, but Gemon from uh, Double Zeta there, because that would be wacky racer time. Because we'd never close the car doors, and he'd just be sitting there like uh, like Chumley the whole time. Yo, him and Yuzan, let's go. Yeah, him and Yuzan. <laughs> I changed my answer. <laughs> I mean, if you want wacky racers, yeah, okay, we can do that. There you but. go. <laughs> All right. So I want, I, I want, I want. If you're going to do that, you might as well just have creepy bondage, freaking armor for Gundam son driving your car. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Rico would kick his ass. But uh, Chris, <laughs> well, clearly, if you're in for a long road trip, you want to be with Ali Al Sausage. Oh, geez. oh yeah, <laughs> and take his uh, his death taxi. Oh my god, that'd be a short trip for you. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Setsuna because I'll tell him, because he also knows how to drive a taxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a rental car, at least. I'll tell him that if he gets to Vancouver, he can become Gundam. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, that, I'll, that, I'll buy him, you know I'll what? Buy him some Gundam. That's a good Gumpa. point. You're going to clinch it then, man. What happens when he finds out he's not going to become Gundam? I'll tell him that what I meant was I'll give him some Gunpla that he can build. 
Well, what you do is you say, hey, go over there, and as he's doing that, you run the hell away. There That's you what go. you do. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll work. All right, and we're going to move on to the regular mailbag, which you can leave a message for in the thread on mechatalk.net. And we start off with Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, hello. Oh, shit. No. Number one. If you were a movie director and debuted the Transformers live-action movie during the 90s, hmm. which of the choices below would you have as Soundwave's alt mode? Damn it. The talk boy from Home Alone or Teddy Ruxpin the teddy bear that eats cassettes to sing? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's got to be an evil robotic teddy bear. Oh, my gosh. I, I think I'm have to go with Teddy Ruxpin, man. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. But Evil uh, robotic Teddy Bear. I feel bad for sound as I feel bad for Ravage and Rumble and and the rest of the cassettes because they there's, they only get to go in once. <laughs> you, you, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm gonna give Soundwave the most useless '90s alt mode of all. What's that? I'm gonna go with option C, Virtual Boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh! You villain. Ooh. <laughs> And and all his little peeps are the uh, the cartridges. Oh, you're you're oh. a hateful, but you know what? I'll go I'll go even one further. You. His alt mode will be the Panasonic laser. The what is it? The 3DO or whatever that thing was. Oh, the 3DO. <laughs> oh, or how about a Sony Mini Disc? Oh my God, the Sony Mini Disc. Sony Mini Disc. <laughs> no. Oh. Was oh wait was this was Newton was that 90s? Yes. The, the Apple, Apple Newton was the 90s. Apple Newton. Oh my God. That's. That's my D. You might as well mention the Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Number Woo. two. Mm-hmm. Which Mirai do you vote for? UC oh. Mirai or Build Fighters Mirai? Ooh, man. Build Fighters Mirai is so freaking popular, man. I got to go with the classic, man. I'm going to go with UC Mirai, man. I, I like my women vintage, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yet still young. Yet still young. But yeah, UC Mirai, man. She was cool. Neil? I think I'll go with UC Mirai. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to go with UC Mirai because no pedo. Oh, there you go. Done. Done. Yeah. Well said. Well said. (laughs) Question the third. If Kaisa Sose was a Build Fighters character, do do you agree that he will start out with a dome only to reveal a hidden gun plot as it bursts out during battle yelling, What's in a dome? (laughs) No. Did he? I would think he's going to be in a Rick Dome and going, what's in a Rick Dome? Did, That's this, my did Yokozuna just combine uh, Kaiser Sose with, his, with Kevin Spacey's character from Seven? Is that <laughs> what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Kaiser Sose would have some tricks. And his opponents wouldn't live. <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Sure. Next Whatever. up is MCT Dread who says greetings podcast meisters Gundam the Origin has done a fantastic (laughs) job of retelling in a much more logical and in-depth view the one year war Yaz has done such an amazing job with the series and I eagerly await the upcoming volumes my question is if Yaz were to do a retelling of another Gundam series in a similar fashion to Origin which would you love to see Solbro go ahead why why, why do I get to go first (laughs) because I know you probably have you probably have a thing in priority list. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to go with the obvious answer. Even though this series is being done, I would love to see Yaz's take on Zeta, straight up and down. Being that it would be a direct continuation of, uh, of Gun of the Origin, but with the Zeta characters. I'd love to see that. So there you go. Neil? Mm, crossbone Gundam. Because <laughs> it'd probably be better. 
I'm I'm gonna have him do. <laughs> I stumped you on that one, did I? <laughs> the saga, which he wouldn't do because the amount of time it would take to tell this story would be longer than the amount of time he has left to live. Mm-hmm. Pick right up with Zeta, you know, oh. in the same universe as the origin, and go all the way through to Shar's counterattack. Oh, mm. well said. He can even kind of do... And redo Zeta, double Zeta in the interim. Yeah. And, and fill in all the details of Shar's counterattack of all the stuff from before and maybe borrow stuff from Beltor Chica's children. I was just going to say, yeah, that would be... that would that's, you're, you're far more ambitious than I was with mine. Which is, which is why it wouldn't happen because, like I said, it would take more time <laughs> to tell this story of adapting two more TV series in a movie than the time he has left to live. Yo, yeah, actually, actually mm-hmm. can I have one other one? Go. Sure. I would like to see him take, take up from Break the World and Gundam Sea Destiny Ooh. and just completely redo that. Well done. Everything afterwards. Oh my. Okay. There you go. That, that might actually work. Because <laughs> I was cool with episode 13. Then mm-hmm. it went all to poopy. Chum-chum-y, poopy. Next up is listener Turkuru, who says, Hey, Gundam crew. I've been a fan since the inception of this podcast. Great work. Like, Two short are you, are, Wait, hold on. Is he really saying this, or is that the truth? Hey, it says here he has four posts, but Mechatalk's post count is kind of screwy, so it's way he could just be a, a yeah. lurker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got two questions. Solbro, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on a Gundam MOBA game in the vein of League of Legends with champions being different suits from the various Gundam franchises? Hmm. I think with a simple four-key move system and the simplistic game style, it could be a fun way to battle with a ton of suits on a single battlefield. What suit would you guys want to throw down with? I, I, only see that, one, I, see, I see one question here, not two. Maybe that's the, the second question is what suit you, wanna, you guys want to throw down with. But as in regards to the first question, um, I would love to see that. It would actually make me play a mobile game. <laughs> I have yet to be inspired to play either League of Legends or any of those other mobas so far. But if they made a Gundam based one, hey, I, I that... like watching. I like watching drink. I like drinking whiskey and watching Dota. On. <laughs> Yo, I will watch that shit. Yo, whiskey I don't know and why Dota. I do that. <laughs> I, I will sit there and I will get dr- my friend turned me out of this. We get drunk off of whiskey and we watch Dota too. Always have your Dota I, with whiskey. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Centauri, right? Centauri time. Indeed. <laughs> so wasn't that whiskey? Centauri whiskey. <laughs> that was whiskey, wasn't it? Hey, it is. It is indeed. It yeah, Centauri time. Centauri time with uh, with Bill, Bill Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. <laughs> And GL Bates, Scarlett Johansson. Nice, nice. Uh, as for what suit I would use, I would use the uh, red frame all day. Um, what, uh, can I say what suit I would use? Oh, yeah, please do, please do. <laughs> Turn A, Moonlight Butterfly wins all. Man, come on. <laughs> there is nothing in this post that says anything that if, you can't I, pick that. If I can't pick Saji, we need to outlaw that. <laughs> no, he, he specifically said you can't pick Saji. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, then. Well then, if that's your go-to, then go ahead. There's no other suit in the in the in in the world of uh, in the worlds of Gundam you'd pick. No, if I have the ability to pick turn eight Gundam Moonlight Butterfly wins all, I'm going to take that. Damn it! Well, Chris, anyway, mm-hmm. I've never played any MOBA, so I have no no answer. Well, damn. All right, <laughs> I'm watching one right now. Next up is listener MCT Dread again, who says, "Greeting, podcast meisters. Christopher Lee, Christopher Walken." <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. 
If you had okay. to choose between these three actors to act as a captain of a Pegasus-class ship, who would you choose and why? How would the chosen captain act with the crew and with whiny teenage gun pilots? And who would give the best bright slap? Oh, man. This is a so, tough one. This is, this is something right here. I'll, I'll be honest with you. As much as like Christopher Walken, I don't know if when it comes to the bright slap requirement, he would he would fit with Clint Eastwood and Christopher Lee. Even even I'm, even gangs uh, even gang uh, sorry King of New York Christopher Walken. It's true. That is true. Um, gosh, you know what? I got to go Christopher Lee on this one. Oh I really gosh. do because I can see him riding in in his Pegasus class ship <laughs> with the soundtrack of Charlemagne. <laughs> And just search and replace the blood of a thousand Saxon men to the blood of a thousand Zeon men. <laughs> that is my pick right there. No. I'm sorry. How would you? Oh, my God. The white base is in trouble. What do we do? Oh, sir, we see a, we see a, we see a Federation IFF on the, in, the, in the thing. Who is it? And all of a sudden, you just hear the blood of a thousand Zeon men. <laughs> And they just lay waste with Captain Christopher Lee just going, Hi, Bright. What do you need to do? What do you need me to do? <laughs> and all his, all the bridge crew is all metaled out. They're all wizard metaled out, dude. Oh, oh my God. This is, oh, I could even, this is a vision. I'm, I wish I was a movie producer. I'd produce this movie. This would be the most fucking amazing movie ever. Okay. Soul bro. Sorry. I, I went off a tangent there. I would go with Christopher Walken, mainly because he is so unpredictable. He'd be like the the older version of the irresponsible Captain Tyler. <laughs> that is true. That's you, a great point. You would underestimate him every time, and he would just come up with the craziest schemes. And um, and I, he would definitely be able to bright slap the shit out of them kids. Have you seen Gang? Have you seen uh, King of New York? <laughs> would he? Uh- would he tell Amro the story of how he kept this very important upgrade part for the Gundam yeah. safe up his ass for five years? It turns out it's that piece of shit that his dad made. Yep. <laughs> that piece of junk, dad. It's a very important upgrade part. I kept it up my ass for five years. But, but it's a piece of junk. <laughs> it's yours now. Oh no! Yeah, I would. I would definitely go with Christopher Walken, man, because his ass capacity is is amazing, and uh, I think he would definitely. Uh, he would wow the troops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Clint Eastwood. Oh, you have to as Ifar Synapse of the Albion. Nice, but but well, he's gonna talk to empty chairs though. <laughs> well, he's he's gonna yeah, but he'll have a drink too. There you go. With his regulation right. limit, and, and, and he may and, and he may call his Asian crew his crewmen zipper heads like Ooh. he did Grand Torino. And, and he'd oh, force Ko to stop being uh, a loser and make him eat a diet of nothing but carrots. Nice. Yeah, he he'd would do that. Otherwise, yeah. he'll get Will money on him. <laughs> and he'd probably shoot Muncha in the face. Woo. Oh, what are you feeling, Lucky Punk? <laughs> I've got. What are you you're thinking? Has he shot five or six shots from this beam rifle? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Next up is Yokozuna Bulldozer again, who says, I'm Rick James. Celebration. <laughs> okay. Number one. Which one of the six music group or artists below would win in a mecha battle royale and why? Oh, 
One, a flock of scope dogs piloted by each member of AKB-48. Oh, boy. Mm. Two, Dragonzord, a.k.a. Dragon Caesar, piloted by Skrillex. Mm. <laughs> Three, Fire Valkyrie, piloted by Rick Astley. Oh! Oh, snap. Oh! <laughs> Dairuger 15, a.k.a. Vehicle Voltron, piloted by Wu-Tang Clan and friends, with ODB back from the dead via some anime logic that people feel is justifiable. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. This is... <laughs> Five, the Methus piloted by Ozzy Osbourne. What? The Methus? Shouldn't it shouldn't it be Death High, uh, Hell, uh, Hell Custom? That's what I'm saying. And six, any mecha that has camouflage tech piloted by Lionel Richie. Hello. Hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> Damn it, this is tough, man. It's it's hard, man. That uh, that yo, Die Worker Fifth. It's it to me is a tie between uh. Doc? Rick, yeah, Fire Valkyrie with Rick Roll and and, and, and Dog Rugger fifteen, man. Ooh, I, you know what? Wu Tang forever. Yo. and that I'm I'm going with Dog Rugger fifteen because Wu Tang's forever, and as we saw in American Gangster, <laughs> mm-hmm. Wu Tang actually predates before the Wu Tang actually even existed. That's right. So <laughs> Wu Tang is forever. Wu Tang is prequel. It's eternal. I'm going Dog Rugger fifteen. That's my logic there. The just is a time traveler. And, and if and if you're bringing back ODB. <laughs> Big baby Jesus, mm-hmm. come on! He, he he's definitely piloting the jet. The jet man, that's him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in Ginger's seat. <laughs> oh man, if I if I had to pick a second man, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you can pick the same because nah, I, I in some ways, nah, can I, you really mess with the RZA? I can't the mess Jizza, with. I can't the mess old with. dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Deck. Ghostface killer. <laughs> I can't mess with the Woo, dude. But you if, can't mess with the Wu Tang Clan. If I had to pick a second, though, I'd go for the underdog, man. I would go with a flock of scope dogs piloted by each member of AKB48, man. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, because it's 48 Going of them. Going against a fire Valkyrie. Yeah, but the fire Valkyrie with Rick Rith Astley? Hey, man. The Rickroll? They would all be like, people have been Rickrolled. They would, they would all be moe, moe decorated, though. So, man, maybe the enemy would be so caught off guard by sure, all the cuteness. That is true. All the cuteness, man. They might just get blown Bro, you're off hoping, the you're hoping, You're hoping the enemy is pedos. There you go. There you go, man. Well, the, the woo ain't, but you Solid know. Solid logic. Solid <laughs> logic. <laughs> but that would be my second pick. But, uh, Chris. I'm going to give it to the underdog of the Methus because Ozzy would sneak up to everyone <laughs> and rip their heads off. <laughs> I just wonder, yeah, the meth is piloted by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, man. Is it, is, it, is his wingman Randy Rhodes or uh, Zach Wilde? Or what's going on here? <laughs> he doesn't even. If it's, Ra- if it's Randy Rhodes, he's fucking invincible. What I, sure, why not? What Ozzy yeah. would do is he'd use the methods to jack duo of the. <laughs> Of the Death Side custom. And then but there's no duo in this. This is actually, against, uh, against everyone else in no, this example. Actually, actually if you're going to do Ozzy Osbourne, you've got to do him in the Galaxy 99 Express. <laughs> Crazy Train. Crazy Train, yeah. You've got to do that, but that's not a selection. So, Oh, damn. I bid you farewell. Number two. We first got Dummy in the form of Abigorbine, Mado King Grandzord in the form of Team Gaia Dragon, and we got the Dragonar Trio in the form of the EZSRs. Which non-Gundam Sunrise mecha would you guys like to see be hinted at as homages and try while the show goes on? P.S. Rest in peace, ODB. Oh, man. Oh, man. ODB, yeah. It's, it's been a while, too. It's been a while since the ODB passed, man. Yeah. It's been a great album. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. 
Uh, as for uh, my Sunrise pick, man, uh, I'm going to go with Escaflone, man. I would love to see that series represented in Build Fighters somehow. Uh, and uh, that would be kind of cool to see either Escaflone or one of the other guy in the lefts in that series. All right. Neo? Giant Robo. Is that Sunrise? I don't think it's Sunrise. <laughs> it's gotta I don't be know. Some... It's got to be Sunrise, though. Oh, a non-Gundam. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that. <laughs> I thought she said a non-Gundam. I thought she meant a non-Sunrise mecha. I'm sorry. A damn. Oh, shit. Gotta see that. God yeah. Damn. The unbeatable Gumpla right there. Yeah. Unbeatable. Yeah. <laughs> it could literally be the god of GMs, finally. Nice. The god of, yeah, it really could be the god of GMs, yes. They fought against, like, a, 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 a huge uh, Zaku last season. Next This season, they should fight against a huge Adeon, man. Be amazing. They won't win. <laughs> they won't. The 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 uh, Plavisky Had, explosion would kill everybody. Has Turn A shown up in Build Fighters yet? I don't think so. Not in yeah. Try. Not in Try. It showed up in the first one though, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So I'm gonna go with uh, either Lazner or Votomes. Imagine oh. you went with Votomes and you had like all these serious looking guys, and they were a team Red Shoulder. Wow. Oh shoot! Yeah, that would be dope. You you could take the you could take a team of Zaku's and customize them so that they somewhat resemble scope dogs as well, and yeah. be, be like a, a a blend between. That would be nice. I'd like that. A l- nice little mix of like say a Zaku, a Hizak, and um, a Gira, Doga. Mm-hmm. Oh okay, yeah, freaking phenomenal, man. Put red shoulders on all of them. <laughs> the Hizak. The Hizak is the funniest mobile suit ever. It's like. <laughs> It's like I'm part I'm Zeon up here, but I'm Federation here. <laughs> but I'm mostly Zeon, except for a little bit of Federation, but next up is Burtman Four who says Try is in full swing. The three main characters, Sekai, Yuma, and Fumina, are color coordinated. Not only that, not only are their hair colors red, blue, and yellow, their gun plots are also red, blue, and yellow. This is obviously evocative of the various Sentai series. Mm. So how much Hiro Tokusatsu SFX live action have you guys seen, like the various Sentai or Kamen Rider or Metal Hero series? I'm leaving out Giant Monster Tokusatsu like Godzilla and <laughs> Ultraman. Ooh. Well, F you then. <laughs> well, my I answer, grew up on Godzilla and Ultraman. My answer is none, uh, unless you count uh, yeah. American Tokusatsu series like Arrow and The Flash. <laughs> huh? But they won't. They yeah, what won't. are you talking about? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, you know, they're 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 heroes that are they're 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 superheroes. They're Japanese superheroes for the most part. Not not Arrow and The Flash, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but there are teams though d- yeah. uh, that are. Um, denoted by their different color schemes. Right, right. Oh, because he's Green Arrow and he's the Red Flash. Hey, man, I'm just saying they're just they're superhero shows, and I look at Tokusatsu the same. It's just the Japanese uh, uh, version of that. So you know, I haven't really watched any Tokusatsu shows, so I can't say much. So you don't know what you're talking about, basically. Hey. But you're just saying weird, random stuff. Hey, man, I've yeah. had conversations with diehard Tokusatsu fans that look at those shows also somewhat similarly. So, well, that's nice for them. Hey, well, that's nobody nice. cares. And it's nice for me too. So f y'all. <laughs> what what are y'all what, what what have you guys seen? Please enlighten me. No, I've I've been banned from what I can see. Ban- no, I, I haven't seen Kamen Rider or anything like that. I I love Ultraman. And I love Godzilla. That's you see, my, you've seen Power my... Rangers though, right? Well, yeah, no, I I, I do love me some Power Rangers. Exactly. So... <laughs> you at least have that. Yeah. I've seen uh, Power Rangers, some Common Rider, and some Ultraman, which uh, apparently does not count here. So, oh, well, damn. I mean, I've seen some of Common Rider, but I was never really 
no, nothing that I can say, you know, deal with the story or anything. So, and we're gonna close off with a couple of questions from Yahtzee eighty eight. All right, number one. Rejoice, Chris. You asked and Bandai slash Banpresto listened. The Juog makes a cameo and is playable in the latest Super Robot Wars Z3. Now you can play the game to complement your Juog sweatshirt slash t-shirt. <laughs> I would like to post a YouTube link of it, but sadly it seems that people have too much dignity to post a video of a playable Juog which says something, especially YouTube standards. Ouch. Ouch. Mm. No, thank you. Hey, man, you, you get to play, man. You should go out and order the game no. right now. No. Juag <laughs> no, is there. Man. Damn. Damn. No elephant mobile suit. Oh. Number two. Since most slash pretty much all robot shows usually involve war, politics plays a huge role in them. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what politicians in mecha anime would you guys vote for? Personally, I'd vote for Denim Kashim from Dugram. Dude knows what to do about it, although he can be ruthless. Uh, it's, he's pretty scumbag because he started off this whole like fake revolution on um, yeah. what you might call it planet and uh, had all of these people from the assembly taken hostage and once they agreed to negotiate denounced them all as traitors so they could all be executed. Yeah. yeah. So no, he's, he's a scumbag. I would not I would not vote for Denim Kashim in a thousand years. <laughs> you know who I'd vote for? Who's that? I'd have to vote for Reinhold from uh, Galactic Heroes. Oh, in the real robot show. Crap. My bad. <laughs> I was gonna do I was gonna do a Kirky Ice joke, but damn it. Go ahead, Chris. As I real robot show. Hmm. I I know I'd go with uh Vice Minister Darlian from uh Gundam Wing. He seemed to be pretty straightforward. Oh. He yeah. was a pretty pretty good dude, and then he ends yeah. up. But the good dudes always get killed in that show. So, <laughs> but uh, he seemed to be on the up and up at least as long as it's a little he was alive. Certainly uh, better than his daughter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he seemed to have his shit together. So that'd be my pick. Neil, real robot guy that I would actually vote. Well, uh, what uh, what the heck was his name? Uh, the guy from Zeta. Hmm. Uh, uh, Blacks. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Commodore Blacks because he kind of got it, right? You know, he he kind of got it because of all the silliness with the new types and Xeon and the Federation and everything like that. So, yeah, I would I'd say a pretty good safe pick with him, and I have to say probably Dorlin would be the the other one too because he did of of all the weirdness that is in Gundam Wing, he does seem like the one person that really was kind of looking out for everyone. <laughs> You know, so well, of course Trey's too. It's because he's cool. But didn't uh, Jamil Neat get into politics after uh, Gundam X was over? Yeah, but that was after the. Yeah, that's after the fact. After, Gundam, after the fact, I was. I, I'd, I'd pick him otherwise. But I'm gonna go with Giran Zabi. Oh, you bastard! Why, really? Why? Super ginormous, ridiculously convoluted doomsday weapons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really cool uniforms. <laughs> And True. genocide on an interstellar scale. Well, we know what Chris's yeah. platform is, and being able to and being able to um, actually justify doing bad things, especially to your family, with no problem. Damn, being to wake up in the morning, just looking at yourself in the mirror and say, "Kieran, you're doing what you need to do for the people of Zeon, mm-hmm. and they love you." There you go. 
And his last question, what are some of the more slash least effective mass-produced mecha when it comes to fighting non-humanoid aliens? I think Muvlove, TSS, seem to be pretty effective against the beta, while Blue Genders, Armored Strikes, not so much against the blue. P.S. Forgive me if I got it wrong if the monsters in Blue Gender are aliens or not. I haven't seen the show in a long time. Oh, man. Uh, I can't remember if they're aliens. I think that was um, that was a whole weird thing because the guy what was his name i forget the the main character because he was put to sleep because he had a disease and then when he woke up the disease kept him away from the blues or something like that i hadn't seen that shown forever either but i thought the armor strikes were kind of they were kind of effective but they had to be in groups but hmm. Hmm. non-humanoid aliens well um if i recall in Macross Seven, weren't the weren't the Valkyries pretty pretty uh, pretty outmatched by the Proto Devlin? <laughs> At least at the beginning of that well, show. Well, I- I- if you were using the uh, cannon fodder Thunderbolt, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. if you yeah. had the Nightmare, the Excalibur, you had a better shot. That's true. and of course, as long as you didn't fly right into the uh, the waiting arms of yeah. your enemy. <laughs> well, well. What was it? Your yeah, your your uh, thunderbolt would get shot, and then you would eject. You would, you would eject right into the waiting embrace. Yeah. Of Ruta. Oh yeah, uh, repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly, every single time in the exact same position. No oh, matter. It was guaranteed to be seen. They're <laughs> just waiting to give you space hugs. Man, I would definitely go with the the thunderbolt then, because that was that that was getting this ass kicked by the proto devlet for quite some time in that show, and then finally people stepped their game up. So that's that's mine. I'm trying to think of others, but I can't think of too many. Hmm. The least effective? Hmm. Against non-humanoid aliens, is that? Hmm. Uh, I think Gargantia, they also had a pretty str- a pretty hard struggle against the uh, aliens in that show, right? Or robots. Yeah, those ro- it was, they were... Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget that's... Not super real robot in that show, no. Well, Chamber had lots of death lasers, yeah. so... Yeah. But the alien was pretty nightmarish. <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to think. You're blanking out. Well, the the TSFs could go either way because some were really crappy models and not very effective. Some some were some good were though. Really good. So yeah, it depends on the model in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head because mm, I don't know. Well, Want to go for like the too obvious answer on on most effective? What's that? Double Aquanta. Oh yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that. Um, Maybe what the Fafners, because mm-hmm. they got kind of their asses kicked, but they weren't the least effective. They would they, that was kind of more of like a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a tough one. Hmm. Well, uh, least effective if you count um, those early units from the uh, the prequel where everyone dies using them. Oh shit! True, oh, that is that's true. Not very, that's not very effective. Yeah, they, oh. they were not. Those were not very effective. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, what's up? No, never mind. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, long. that's a tough one. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. It takes some study, I guess. But no oh, problem. Thank you for the questions, and that'll wrap up the mailbag. So back to you, Soulbro. Well, thank you, sir. Um, again, many thanks to everybody who checked out uh, our episodes this year, and I hope you guys have a great holiday uh, off. And um, we'll see you guys in uh, 2015. But before we go, fellas, any uh, any last words for the year at all? Uh, Buy Gundam t-shirts? Yes. Um, I, I have to second that, guys. Uh, we have a sale going on right now. Um, and a special. And a special. 
Um, if you pick up a Gundam at MHQ t-shirt, which is $14 plus shipping and handling, yes. um, you can reach out to Neo at GundamMAHQStore at gmail.com. That's GundamMAHQStore at gmail.com. Um, and uh, they're on sale right now for the holidays for $14. And if you do order one uh, while supplies and, yeah. last. And, and yeah, Santa Robo. San- Santa Gundam uh-huh. has authorized us to put a special gift with your purchase of free DVD of anime. Yes. Brand, brand spanking new. Free. T- the two words everyone likes to hear. Free anime. <laughs> now, this is Santa Gundam and not the evil Robo Santa from Futurama. No, 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 no. Not the one that you got to you know, shut your doors off and what is it? They did the purge before that stupid movie came out. <laughs> Years before that dumb movie came out. <laughs> Yes, no, this is Santa Gundam, not Santa Tournay Gundam, so not everything's going to turn to dust, oh. so yeah, you don't have to worry about that, but this is, yeah, this is, just think of the RX-78 fat with a goatee, or fat with a beard. There you go. Um, giving you gifts. So definitely reach out to Neo um, and pick up one of the shirts, uh, and um, you uh, can get a free anime DVD while supplies last, mm-hmm. and uh, other than that, um, uh, and you can re-gift that. You can re-gift that if it's a yeah. if it's a show you don't quite dig, then yeah. uh, you can re-gift re- it. Re-gift it, and you got you, you come. That's you encouraged. Come, <laughs> you can come through for someone this Christmas or yeah. holiday season, man. And uh, many thanks to those who pick up shirts. They do help to fund the cost behind the show. And thanks, guys, for for helping us out and and for and looking stylish in your Gundam and MHQ t-shirt. Yeah, and representing the podcast. Um, shout outs to people like Yazi eighty eight or um, Alex Benson from from the UK. Or um, Ed the Crimson for already picking up shirts and, and many others who have already. Well, t- did you even realize how many compliments I got when I was at Anime Expo earlier this year? Of, they were like, damn, where did you get that t-shirt? And I'm like, well, I'm the one that helped create this t-shirt, but <laughs> you can buy it from here. <laughs> no, actually, I actually did get some uh, compliments about it. And then I got a few people say that we sucked. But that's okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, man, sales pitching. <laughs> Did the good with the bad. Yeah. But uh, many thanks for everybody who, uh, who picks up a shirt and listens to the show. And if you have time, definitely peep these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. 
and youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramuro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for episode 155 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next year. of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight, mankind dies with us. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir, let me save her. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. The time you're going back to her, she'll be scared and weak. Take care of her for me, Kyle. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We? I've been waiting for you. The time John sent you to, it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. Run! Where is he? I'll be back. What? At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Don't be afraid to look yourself in the eye.